everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 120. And that's right, we are we are calling this a numbered oh, entry in Game Face. No more freestyling. Yeah, we, we used to call these episodes Game Face Freestyle. Uh, just to let you know, Sam is not here today. He's off gallivanting in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. hopefully winning tons of money. So we do not have a TriCaster TD today. So unfortunately, we're going to be stuck with this two-shot throughout the entire episode. Uh, and then the show will be assembled in post-production. So For those of you who actually look at the screen, yeah. just doing something else and listening. Well, actually, the last time you said... what I would do. <laughs> actually, the last time you said that, a lot of people were in the comments saying, I do watch the video all the way through. So we do have a lot of people who watch the video I version. I think of anything I watch for three hours. Yeah, what well, people like, stop and then come, come back, back to forth, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the show is on iTunes, and we have like 50 reviews. We have a five-star review on iTunes right now. Um, it would be great if more of you went on and uh, put your, your kind of your take on Game Face on there. The more reviews we get, the more the show bubbles up to new people, and that would be a great help. Um, as we mentioned before, uh, it's a new month. It is March, so if you guys could go uh, into Twitch Prime and subscribe to us again for the March month, that would be great. If you've already done it once, all you have to do is go to twitch.tv slash siftedgames and click the little button above the player there, and you're basically going to give us $2.50 for doing nothing other than clicking a button. So we'd appreciate it very much. Uh, Matt, it's been a very, very slow week in video games. Yeah, speaking of doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, not really... Oh, a slow week in games, but a slow week for games. Yeah. A lot of stuff was announced this week uh, and things like mm -hmm. that. So we have a good show, but not a lot of games to play. I've, I've been replaying stuff I already played. Basically. Yeah. I've been playing Mulaka. I've been playing Yakuza 6. Mm -hmm. I've been going, forging my way through that a little bit more. I've been bouncing more. back and forth between Yakuza 6 and Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition, which is Interesting. free on Xbox Live Gold this, this week. <laughs> By the way, my demo save for Yakuza 6 did not carry over to the final game. And I don't know if that's because I have review code or what, but I had to start all over from scratch and watch that hour of cinemas mm -hmm. again to be kidding. I very quickly figured out how to skip the cinemas in that right, game. Right, they do let you skip them. Yeah, which is nice. Even when you start the first time, you can skip them. Uh, I've been playing Mulaka a little bit. I've been working on a thing for Super Seducer, huh. which was taken off of PSN yesterday. Uh, I've been working on... I assume you get to keep it if you already bought it. Well, I'm actually playing it on Steam. I'm not playing it on PS4. I got a code from the publisher, actually. Mm -hmm. They reached out and said, hey, do you want a code for this? I'm like, sure. And then, like, the next day, it literally got taken down from PSN. So I'm working on a cut of the game that will, de will, that will clearly demonstrate why the game was <laughs> removed from PSN. Uh, that should be going up over the next couple of days. Also tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific... Uh, we'll be doing the next episode of Today's High Score. Last week's was absolutely great. Wall-to-wall -wall calls for two hours. I actually had to, like, cut it off at a certain point. We didn't even get through all the topics that I wanted to bring up in the show. So uh, 1 p.m. Pacific tomorrow for Today's High Score. Get on there. Get on Skype. Be a part of it. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and the last week's show was really great. So thank you very much to everyone who participated, and hopefully it just keeps getting better and better as the show goes on. So with that, let's get into the first topic for this week's show, um, got some really bad news today, Matt. Wake up in the morning, climb out of bed, crawl back to my office, and what's the first thing I see on Sifted? It's that Days Gone has been delayed into 2019. Well, of course, one of my games from the Sifted Fantasy Draft. And for those of you who may not know what we're talking about because you found us on iTunes, or maybe you're just listening to the show and you just got onto our Patreon... Uh, every year, Matt and I do a, a video game fantasy draft. We've been doing it for several years now. And it's just like fantasy football. We draft, we take turns drafting games. And then at the end of the year, we add up their aggregate score. 
uh, from Metacritic. And whoever has the group of games with the highest aggregate score wins the league. And in years past, games would get delayed out of the year and you would just get a zero for that game. And I have really fallen prey to that a lot over the last few years. I have a reputation for picking games that end up getting delayed out of the year. And Days Gone has been delayed out of 2018. Now this year we, we instituted a caveat and thank God we did. So but Days Gone was in your main lineup. It was in my main lineup, yep. I think it was like my sixth or seventh pick if I remember correctly. Maybe higher than that even. And uh, this year we changed the rules a little bit so that we both have two alternates. And so my first alternate is a way out. So mm-hmm. now a way out comes off the bench for me and is now a part of my team. Um, I honestly, that's coming out. Uh, I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if that game gets delayed out of. Um, I don't know about out of 2018. I mean, I never dreamed Days Gone would be delayed, Matt. Really? No. It, do you realize that that studio has not put out a game since like 2012? Yeah. 2012. Well, just, it's 2018. They've been working so, on this for six years. We've seen so little of it that like it and it's. We did mention it on the draft of... show that uh, that we it had kind of gone underground a little mm. bit. And since the draft, it's been another few months. We hadn't heard anything. I, mean, I figured it was going to be like a late 2018 thing, but I didn't. You know, I it, it wasn't one of my top picks to lose to delay out of the year. But it doesn't super shock me that it happened. I was pretty confident. I mean, look at this point with our fantasy draft. I feel like I play on the extreme conservative side when picking games, especially this year. I was like, there's no way in hell. Any game I pick is not coming out. It's just not going to happen. I didn't pick Days Gone in part because that also in part because I don't think Nova's going to review all that well. Like I don't, I don't know how I feel about that game still. So I feel better about it than I do about a way out. But that's a that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> so how does this impact Sony's 2018, if at all? Well, I mean, they, probably not a huge amount because like. It uh, you know they still have all the multi-platform stuff, but there's been some rumors that like some of the stuff you know we'll, we'll get to Black Ops later, but there's been some stuff I read that said that like some of the Black Ops promotional stuff has Xbox branding on it, which means Xbox might have gotten that back, got that deal back because the Xbox One X makes that version uh, the definitive multi-platform interesting version, and so if Activision switched its loyalties that way, that could impact Sony to some degree. Um, I mean, I think Sony is safe just in the sense that people play everything on that platform. Um, but in terms of exclusives, like you got to wonder if there's anything in, you got anything in their back pocket, or if it's just going to be kind of they're going to ride the third parties for the latter half of the year. But it feels like Sony's been doing that for the past. Like yeah, it happened it did, it did. like last year. The first party output was not great. Yeah, Sony did not have a great uh, last quarter last year in terms of their own. Game. Yeah, they really didn't have a big blockbuster for Q4 last year. No, and so like, it makes you wonder, like, what's do they have anything up their sleeve? Obviously, we have God of War this year. Yeah, it looks like Dreams is coming. Dreams is definitely coming, but I don't think Dreams is yeah. gonna gonna move the needle in terms of yeah, like, the I, thing. Day, it, the, the audience Days Gone was after. Right, it may be a great game, but I don't see it selling eight million copies. No, uh, God of War is you know God of War soon. Uh, yeah, you're talking about something at the end of the year. It would have to be something. Something we don't know about, or Last of Us 2 is way further along than anyone suspects, including Naughty Dog. Because that's the other question. So, it, it gets Days Gone delayed in 2019. If The Last of Us Part 2 it come, is scheduled to come out in 2019, you have two first-party zombie games that are very similar. Well, maybe. Like, we still don't really know what the gameplay loop is in, in Days Gone. Yeah. Like, we don't know anything about how what you're doing on a moment-to-moment basis. Just sort of... 
Here's little, this scenario. Things that scenarios happen, a little features, and you run from this thing, and you can jump over this. It's like, but like in terms of like, if I had to describe Days Gone as like what the game is to someone, I wouldn't know how to do it. Cause is it open world? Is it? I would is just it, say it's a zombie game where you can manipulate the zombies to help you. I guess. I think that's like that's probably the tagline that I would give like somebody. It like we don't we don't have like an aerial view of what this game is still yet. Yeah. And it makes me right. feel like that might be because they don't know either. Yeah. You know, it feels like very nebulous and has always felt that way. It's always felt like a game that's being built around a tech trick, you know, like and and sometimes that goes real wonky. And we'll see where it, what it becomes. Well, you're talking about with about tech where you're rendering hundreds of yeah, zombies on screen. Like, at oh, once we can and... do that, and now we got to come up with a reason to do it, and it, that you're kind a of, compelling reason to yeah, do and it. You, and sometimes when you work backwards like that, it can be not so much with the good. There could be technical issues too, yeah. where they're having problems getting solid frame rates out of the game, and then usually when that happens, trying what... to make the PS4 vanilla version work right. without the PS4 Pro added. Horsepower, you know, it could be anything. And then what happens is you end up, instead of 20 different zombie models, you end up with, like, eight. Right. Um, Everybody's wearing the same shirt. Right. Or they're just clones. It's like almost every zombie looks the same, which would be a big detriment for a game that's built around hordes of zombies. Uh, we'll see with State of Decay, too. And that without that problem, and, like, then, you know, if there's one thing we know... People lose their minds when something doesn't look exactly like the promotional material. And, uh, you know, like, like to this day, you've got people making Witcher 3 mods to make it look more like that one demo at E3 three years before it came out, as though the real game isn't, like, beautiful as it is. Yep. But, like, you've just got that thing of, like, it looked like this first, and anything else is a lie. And so if Days Gone comes out and doesn't deliver on that, like, they're going to get roasted by the core demographic who cares about that kind of thing, and that's not the press you want. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge deal that was delayed out as far as Sony's prospects for the year. It looks like Kingdom Hearts 3 may come out this year, yeah. and while it is multi-platform, I think, I think it'll do really well for Sony. Yeah, it's a PlayStation-identified franchise. For sure. So. Um, and that's also the only place to get all the other games. Yeah, so. and God of War, I'm sure, is going to sell really well, provided it is not terrible. And they may have something else we don't know about yet. Um, Sony's certainly large enough to have other things going on. Maybe Sucker Punch's Samurai game, whose name like Ghost of Ghost Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. Uh, maybe that's further along than we think. I'd be really um, shocked if that came out this year. We only have that one trailer for it so yeah, far. Yeah, but at the same time, what the hell is Sucker Punch been doing? Yeah. Like, I mean, they're another studio that hasn't put out a game yeah, in a really I mean, long they time. Did, well, the last thing they did was uh, First Light, the, the kind of the expansion slash point five release. Yeah, and that was, what, five, four years four, ago? Four, five years ago. Yeah. So that was near the beginning. Yeah, of, they're pr- and look, they're a good studio. They don't yeah. generally take a long time. They don't screw around, so they're, they're, they're you know... Ghost of Tsushima could be, you know, the time is about right unless they really had a long pre-production run-up to getting this thing right. So that could be their their play there. Yeah. Um, right now, Sony maybe they're though, leaning real hard on the Spyro thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, right now, Sony is in that sweet spot where it has just tens of millions of con- install base mm-hmm. out there, and that is kind of Sony's business model. It hasn't been. Let's make all our money off first-party stuff like Nintendo does. Yeah. It's really, let's get everybody on our platform, and then we make a little bit of cash off our first-party stuff and get people to buy our console because of our first-party stuff. But 
let's really make all our money off, off of licensing fees from third parties. Mm-hmm. And so in the grand scheme of things, financially, I think Sony's okay. Yeah. I and think from the honest, perspective like, of the player who owns a PS4, maybe you're a little disappointed. Maybe, but like, I mean, look, Days Gone is not going to make or break my year right. one way or the yeah. other. So, you know, it's okay. Like, it's, I think it's more disappointing for you because it's your team. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely hurt a little bit, like, without so, a doubt. Yeah, we'll see. And, and again, like, you know, Nintendo isn't really competing on the same level as Sony is. Uh, so I'm sure they don't really seem to com- consider each other competitors. And while it's disappointing to lose what could have been a big, you know, or at least a high-profile release for the end of the year, it's not like Microsoft has anything else to counter it either. Yeah. Like, so it's, <laughs> you know, the, the question become, becomes almost like, does it matter, not just in the sense of, like, people who have PlayStation 4s have other things to play, does it matter in the sense that can Microsoft even capitalize on that? No, you're right. And, like, the, the answer so far for the last couple of years has basically been no. No. <laughs> A resounding no. So. <laughs> yeah, it's really missed opportunities where Sony has kind of fallen down. And I would argue maybe Nintendo's kind of been well positioned to take advantage of that. And yeah, all Nintendo doesn't care. Nintendo yeah. doesn't. Well, well, I mean, well, that's generations old, though. They're like, so yeah. It goes back to the Wii where they're just like, we're not competing with them. We don't want to do that anymore. Well, we have, we have a topic a little later that where maybe we'll discuss whether Sony and Nintendo are, in fact, competing. Maybe that's starting to change a little bit now with the success of the, the Switch. I doubt it. We'll see. All right, let's move next to the biggest story of the week, undoubtedly, which was the Nintendo Direct that happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. A full 30-minute Direct uh, loaded with announcements. I struggle to say loaded with new game announcements, but loaded with announcements. uh, I mean, new games for the Switch. Yeah. They're new to you, (laughs) as NBC used to say about reruns. If you only owned a Switch, they're they're new to you. But But who is that? There are some. It's like there's There's 10 million people. It, yeah, but that doesn't mean they didn't own anything else. Like, yeah. like the, even the Dark Souls segment said, like, if you've never played Dark Souls before, welcome to it. I'm like, oh, who the hell is buying this for their first <laughs> yeah. Dark Souls? Come on. They're buying it because it's Dark Souls right. portable. Yeah. Um, that, which is the only reason I can imagine someone would settle for half the frame rate of literally every other version coming out of that remaster. Yeah. Like, it's, like, like you're buying, you're intentionally buying the most inferior version of this version of the game. Yeah. To... Play it on a bus? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I would never want to play something with no pause feature handheld. I think another thing too is that just a lot of people love Dark Souls, and right. they're totally I mean, fine double dipping and giving more money to From Software. Sure, but <laughs> most of the people I know, one guy who's getting the Switch version, and literally every other Dark Souls fan I know is getting either the PC or the PS4 version or both, and right. most of them say like, "I'm getting one of those first, and I'll get the other one when it's on sale to play it again." No, none of them are getting the. If the Switch version was 60 frames, I think they would. But like the the, the halved frame rate, and also if you see the footage of it in this direct, the textures are still yeah. kind of the muddy. Oh yeah, old last gen. I mean, the, the Switch is weak. It's, it's also a weak piece of hardware compared to its. It's look, they're not competitors really because they're just aiming for different markets. But like compared to the PlayStation and the Xbox, like it's just it's not there. It's also a terrible franchise for a handheld platform. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's not one of those games where you can just save whenever you want, put it back in your no. bag, and come back and start it up. Like I mean, they better have some kind of like say like sleep state or something feature or something like something that pauses the game. Like but like you can't really do that with the always online element. Like, it's just not suited for it. Yeah, I... I mean, I just think people are so happy that Dark Souls is coming to a Nintendo platform. I guess. It, it'll like, sell. I mean, Sure, it'll sell, but like... Because you figure out of the 10 people who bought a Wii U... It's probably... just never a thing I've ever wanted to do, play Dark Souls handheld. Like, it, like the, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah, probably... Unless you fundamentally alter the game. 
I'm guessing three or four million out of those 10 million people who bought a Wii U really only play Nintendo consoles. And those people probably have never played Dark Souls, and I, I think pretty much all of them are going to buy this. So I think it'll sell pretty I don't well. Know about that. I don't know if it deserves the sales that it's going to get. I think it's going to get less sales on Switch than people think. Um, and we'll see what the reviews look like too. Yeah. I mean, this thing, you know, the big question becomes: Can the Switch run Blight Town better than the last gen systems did? Probably. I mean, I've been playing Dark Souls is backwards a... compatible on Xbox One, and its frame rates just oh, bottom even out. Even on PC, Blight Town is a disaster. Like, but, but like, it's just—I don't know what the deal. I don't, there's a technical reason for it. The Digital Foundry has gone into, but I don't know what it is because I don't care that much. I just right. know, I, also, like, it doesn't bother me that much. Like, yeah, like I used to play in 64 games. Like, I can get through this. It's fine. But like. Like I play Bloodborne and I don't. I never even noticed the frame pacing problems. Like it's just. You know, I, I didn't I think Bloodborne was as bad as Dark Souls. Bloodborne though. has frame pacing issues that some people just can't deal with. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It doesn't bother me that much, but it's there, um, and which is different from a frame rate problem. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so we'll see. I mean, that's the thing is like if this thing doesn't run at a rock solid thirty like throughout everything, like why did you even do it? Yeah. So money. Well, <laughs> well yeah, money. It's like, like we always say: if you can't figure out why something's happening, always follow the money. Right. But we don't like to do that with Nintendo because uh, apparently Nintendo's immune from that. <laughs> I mean, look, man, they they, they put that, that that amiibo, the Praise the Sun amiibo. No, yeah, we haven't brought that up yet. And like they, okay, amiibo, Dark Souls amiibo, awesome. I'll buy that. Oh, it's a GameStop exclusive. It sold out in ten minutes, and I'll never see it again. Just like that cloud. It's a GameStop thing. exclusive. It sold Stupid. out in 10 minutes, and it's, it costs more, more than any Amiibo ever. Stupid. <laughs> did you get one? No, of course I didn't. It sold out. Before, by the time I watched the video of the Direct, I was like, oh, I, like the Direct was over. I was like, oh, I should go get that. Oh, it's gone. Right. It was gone that fast. It was gone by the time the Direct was over. Wow. Because they made none of them. They didn't make anything. They'll make more of those, I think. They've never made more of a GameStop exclusive Amiibo really? before. Because I, I tried to get the Player 2 Cloud one that they did, and they never got any more of them. Wow. They wouldn't even take pre-orders on, like, in the hopes that they might get more. That's why this sold out so fast. Yeah. So, you know, maybe make more. <laughs> if you want to Because make... there's probably people who want to give you their damn money, yeah. you idiots. I wonder how many they, the allotment was. I don't know, I don't know what, what that would be. But, like... It's a good I, way to drive I've sales. Gotten, I've gotten you know store exclusive amiibos on a, a semi regularly, and the only store whose I could never get unless I got lucky pre ordering along is is uh, GameStop. Wow. Everything else, Amazon's comes back in the stock. Best Buys, Targets, Walmart, like it all comes back eventually. You can catch them on the website. But I've never seen GameStop restock them. How much do you think that amiibo is going to go for on eBay? Uh, if it's anything like you know, around the time of the Breath of Breath of the Wild, uh, the out of print Zelda stuff was, and the exclusive the Zelda stuff that came out with Breath of the Wild, like that was you know, instantly gone. Uh, Those were going for seventy, eighty dollars. That's actually not as bad um, as I thought. Uh, the the Wind Waker, there was a Wind Waker two pack that came out like a month before Breath of the Wild. That was going for like one hundred and eighty. Jeez. Uh, the Wind Waker Link, the Toon Link that came out from the Smash Brothers line was going for almost two hundred. Wow. Um, because it was the only way to get some right. of these things, and um, so it wouldn't surprise me if, if this thing goes, if this thing starts selling on eBay for you know eighty bucks, seventy, eighty bucks. All right, let's start talking about some of the other stuff because there was a lot Cheap of announcements. Also very expensive. And by the way, these are this is not the only announcements. We're gonna we kind of just picked the big ones, yeah. or at least they, ones they, we they, thought. They, I think, if my count was right, I think they talked about twenty games. Yeah. And twelve of them were ports, yeah, or remakes. The uh, the entire archive is up on Sifted if you want to watch it. It's thirty minutes long. 
Also, I did kind of a live blog in the comments while it was going on. So if you want to just jump around and not watch anything, you can just look at my log and kind of just scrub around and see and look at the stuff you want to. But anyway, we're going to talk, talk about the big stuff. Uh, probably the biggest announcement, even bigger than Dark Souls, because we already knew about that. Super Smash Brothers for Switch. Mm -hmm. Not such a big deal for us because we've literally been talking about this for months on Game Face. Well, super obvious. The big thing is that we it also said out, it was coming out this year. The big thing is that it turns out it's actually not a port. It's a new. It's game. not. That's what I read today. Is that it's an actual new game? Because I, when I went to bed last night, it was still like people like didn't know and yeah, were I, I saw this morning that someone was saying that, like Sakurai's directing it and it's a it's a it's a new port. It is. A new or, port. Or, a new, or no, it's a new <laughs> game. It's a, it, a development began immediately after the, the last DLC was finished for the Wii U version. How would we ever know other than if they told us whether it was a new game or it's just the same game? Well, all, all four Smash Brothers games are instantly identifiable as different. They're, yeah. they're all completely different in terms of how they play. Yeah, I guess you're right. There's always little caveats with the yeah. gameplay. I'm not a big Smash Brothers guy. It Neither is, am I, but I can It is probably that. the Nintendo franchise I care about the least... I wouldn't go that far, but, but like it is the one that I expect some of the least out of in the term. Because okay. maybe a better way to phrase it is, it's the Nintendo franchise that millions of people absolutely love that I care about the least. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, also like I don't, I, I don't enjoy how it's played competitively. Like I don't find it interesting. And I don't want to play because the the fun of Smash Brothers to me is the chaos of it and the chaos of the. Items and the crazy levels, and that's not what com competitive Smash Bros. is about. Yeah. It's about eliminating randomness and just having it be rolling around like idiots for 40 minutes while I wait for Street Fighter to start. But like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, I just don't like the way it plays. Honestly, I just don't I, think I like playing it. I just don't care about high-level competition with it. And it's like it take you know, and you know, it's not like you know, there's people like bash it and say like it's stupid and it's for. Children. I don't say that. Like, like I, I, it's I, like yeah, it takes a very high level of skill to play at that level. But it takes a very high level of skill to do a lot of things that I want to watch. Right. You know, like it's like, <laughs> like professional darts. Right. <laughs> I would like to go to the World Championship. <laughs> really? Because if I don't know if you've ever seen that televised. I watch it, yeah. And it's like, it's, I mean, I don't care about the darts, but like everybody's sitting at these giant Viking long tables with pitchers of beer. I'm like, that yeah. looks like, it looks it was like a great a, afternoon. A fun time, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know if I'd ever pay attention to the guys throwing darts up front, but like, yeah. that looks like a good day. <laughs> um, they didn't show much of Smash. They... No, it's just a... Like the Splatoon guys basically saw Inklings are going to be in the Inklings game. Inklings saw the logo looming behind them, and we, you see a silhouette of, like, Breath of the Wild Link, and Mario, who I assume is Odyssey Mario. I'm assuming, like, too, like but I really to, couldn't tell by the silhouette. It has to be. I mean, it has to be. The Cappy must be in there somewhere. Link definitely looked like Breath of the yeah, Wild Link. he's definitely Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, um, and you're probably right. Like, there's going to be a Mario where you use Cappy, which could mm -hmm. actually completely change the way you played Mario in the past. Yeah, it could make a big difference in how Mario works. Uh, Mario could be a little, become a little more uh, Kirby-ish. That's fact. true. Yeah, which, you're right. Which he certainly did in Odyssey. Yeah, because imagine if you could possess some of the items that come down yeah. into the game. Some well, of the or like uh, what are those like, called? Those like one-off items in Smash. There's a word for it. I don't know. Where like the Pokemon come out. What's there's there's a word for? It. I can't remember it. I'm sure know. somebody who's watching items. this will put it in the items. comments. But yeah, imagine if like a Pokemon came down and you could possess the Pokemon mm. and take control of the Pokemon, and or you could uh, like possess. Um... Other characters, or you could possess uh, background items, or yeah, there's a lot of stuff you could do with that. Yeah, it could provide a really, really unique mechanic for the game. Um, 
I guess we'll wait and see. I'm curious to see how they. Who, make it. who reported that it was a new game? Do you remember? I can't remember. I saw it right. Was it a reliable right. source? Uh, people talking about it on like Reset Era and stuff. And if people usually Reset Era people are pretty good about pointing out something being false. Well, they're also hardcore Nintendo fans. And right. They they but, they tend to be a little optimistic in the when they oh, talk about op- Nintendo. Optimistic in terms of like opinions but not general they're not generally well, they that try way to report about facts. something they're usually they're they they're very careful about not getting their hopes up about things that are and aren't real i have never visited reset era um <laughs> I've never i, I pay some attention to it just because i mean it is it's the new neo gaff it is the new neo gaff more or less uh and a lot of the insanity that comes with that came with them uh and it is just the the nintendo fandom there is Ast- and it's it's astounding to me. Like it's, somebody, I mean, NeoGaf used to be like that, right? Too. But this is like to, sometimes it's to a new level, and like it's oh jeez, that's saying like, something. Like I mean, stuff like you know, now that Breath of the Wild is out, do any games matter anymore? And <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like it's just like you know, and, and like you, know, you can talk about like you know, you see it a little bit like like uh, oh well, they just didn't announce the Switch version of Black Ops Four because Nintendo wants it to be a secret. It's like no, it doesn't exist, people. Like. Like, we have in, a few people on Sifted who are just... They're in very strong denial about how weak the system hardware is and how no one wants to make their own... A it's separate not even just that. It's just that uh, I think Nintendo, hardcore Nintendo fans, unlike even Sony Ponies or whatever they call them or Xbox, mm-hmm. they're just like delusional at times. Oh, yeah. Like they're completely blind to reality. Well, they also want... you know, The Switch is the first sign of like mainstream life Nintendo's shown... A, since the Wii, but really since the GameCube, if you're yeah. talking about real gaming. No, you're right. You're t- you know, the you're Wii right, was yeah. kind of a detour into like, hey, we got these old people to buy Wii Sports for a day. Like, let's, exp- you know, and like, I feel like Nintendo sort of left the core demographic that has supported them for how many decades behind a little bit there and came back to them with this system. You know. Yeah. And the Wii U was still kind of trying to, like, there was like this weird assumption that the, the casual market that like made the Wii a giant success were going to come back and buy another system, which they really didn't. No. Uh, in, I mean, it, honestly. They didn't in droves, in if fact. If they were smart, they should probably just re-release, like, a new version of Wii Sports for Switch. Not a bad idea. And, but, like, they, That's actually a really good idea. But they, um, uh, but, like, you know, so now, like, I feel like right now the Switch is the first time, like, if you're really, if you're, like, a core Nintendo gamer, I feel like this is the first time Nintendo's really been catering to you since the GameCube. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah. like, that's a long time. There's actually some semblance of third-party third support. Like, if you were... Six months, a right. like year after it launched. Well, also, like, <laughs> if you were, like, say, if you were, like, a big GameCube fan when you were, like, 10. Yeah. You're 25 now. And this is, like... It's the, crazy. And this is, like, the first time in maybe most of your lifespan that you see Nintendo behaving the way the Nintendo of your childhood did. Yeah, and yeah. so I understand, like, kind of the desperation of, like, they have to succeed this time. They have to get it all back. They have to yeah. get all these games that you see on the other platforms on their platform, too, so it'll be like it was. Yeah. And that's just not going to happen, because the thing you forget about that is the GameCube was a really freaking powerful piece of hardware. Yeah. Like, the GameCube was a was a beast. Yeah, man. compared to PlayStation compared to, 2, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And even to Xbox, yeah. I, th- I think the visual the visual quality, like the, the, the image quality on some uh, GameCube games through the digital out beats the Xbox. No, I would say the best-looking GameCube games look better than the best-looking Xbox Yeah, game. I would say without a doubt. Like, Conquer, when they remade that towards the end... That's pretty good. That looked pretty good, yeah, um, on Xbox. But also, but, like, a lot of the GameCube games... But then you better. talk about, like, Star Fox Adventures from right. Rare. But I mean, also, like, a lot of, and also a lot of the GameCube games that look better than that 
are also good games. Right. And yeah. I don't like the Conquer <laughs> remake very good much. Good point. Yeah, I didn't like um, it either. But I mean, look, man, I still put in Rogue Leader once in a while, which was a launch game. I and know. I think it still looks pretty good. It still damn holds good. up, yeah. Like, Again, if you're going out of your component cables, it makes yeah, a big Yeah, if you're going out of the digital component, there's a reason people pay 200 bucks for those things. It's, yeah. like, it's almost like buying a new system. It kind of is, for and sure. Like, so I understand why people are kind of desperate to see that, that kind of return, but it's not going to because they didn't make something that can support that. It's yeah. not for that. And like you, the, these third parties have to be interested in kind of making, like the Wii, making something that can either scale or function that way. And I don't think Black Ops is going to do that. Yep. So, uh, let's get going. We have a ton of games to talk about still. Uh, Luigi's, Luigi's Mansion, a GameCube game, nice segue, announced for 3DS. Sure. <laughs> Why not do it like a, a remaster of that for Switch? Um, so few people prob- play Luigi's probably Mansion. Probably that's coming later. Maybe. I mean, why, why release the, the worst version second? I also guess. have a question. What do we call that? Is it, is it a remake when it's going to weaker hardware? Because you, they probably had to completely rebuild the game. Yeah, I mean... Or, or is it just a port? It's kind of a It's port. not a remaster, obviously, because it's, it's all weaker I mean, hardware. It's kind of a demake. Yeah. In a way. 98 demake, one of the um, YouTube channels we curate. Yeah, a, a little bit. And I, I wonder if it was just sort of built on the Dark Moon uh, engine. framework. That's engine. what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if it's there, why not? Yeah. yeah I mean, I love Luigi's why that instead of this. It's switch. really short, but really, I had a ton of fun with it. I liked it. And there's no it game a, like it still. I played it all well, those Dark Moon. <laughs> right. But, like, but I'm saying that no one has really copied the, the design of not it. Not really. Um, I mean, why not? I mean, it's nice to see. The 3DS can have tons of ports instead of new games, too. Why yeah. not? It's where um, we are right now. And Dark Souls, we already talked about that. Splatoon 2, single player DLC. That was surprising to me. For, I mean, not unwelcome. But, but it cost $20, Matt. Well. Don't you think that's insane? I think a lot of the pricing on this stuff is insane. Twenty dollars for Tropical Freeze for the Switch is ten bucks more than the Wii U version was. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why are these Wii U ports full price games? It's stupid. Uh, well, money. Right, but like I know people are gonna pay it. A lot of people didn't play the games on Wii U. But at the very least, if you have them on like Nintendo digital, like if you have them digitally on the Wii U or something, it should count on your account somehow, and you should get a discount digitally. Like they should cut the people that supported them in their shittiest system, other than the Virtual Boy, yeah. a break on the price for these things. I I'd think. agree. I agree. Um, Splatoon 2's existing single player campaign is just a shell of a of a game. Mm. It's basically like, hey, we're gonna teach you how to. Use these mechanics so when you go play multiplayer, you don't get annihilated. Uh, very little narrative around it. Like there, there's the whole scrolls thing. There's lore. Right. Well, look, man. I, so, I mean, I haven't played Splatoon two. I barely played Splatoon one. And watching the like the the Octo expansion stuff in this direct was like watching like a surrealist film. Yeah. I, mean, I don't understand any of what I just saw. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Well, you probably haven't read any of the Splatoon lore no. that are in the scrolls. It's it's kind of dark. Nintendo is kind of dark in the lore on a <laughs> pretty regular basis. It's, like, basically... Like Dark Souls isn't a total out-of-left-field thing for that system in terms of lore matchup. Like, yeah, you're right. Zelda gets crazy in yeah, some places. Yeah, and convoluted. If convoluted, you, If you look at like, their official timeline, But there's like, okay. some real... Like, if you read some of the backstories and, like, you know, all the Pokemon theory stuff and, like, the like Cubone's wearing the skull of its mother and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's... <laughs> man, like, it gets real... Well, Splatoon 2 is, is like a post-apocalyptic IP. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole world has sprung up after the world ended. So th- there's dark undertones to it. Mm-hmm. But, so there's certainly fodder there to make something good single-player-wise. So are, are the Inklings like mutants? Or are they like 
like they used to be humans, or are they squid who have Look, elevated? I am far from a Splatoon scholar. Um, I read half the scrolls from the first game and a third of the scrolls from the new one, so I'm, I'm not an expert. But because there is, I got the gist of it. There it is was, an actual school of thought in in biology that if humanity was wiped away, the next intelligent like species to raise up would be uh, like cephalopod, squid, like yeah. squid and octopi, octopuses, uh-huh. like because they have very advanced. Like if you well, they've cal- also survived. If, if you eat calamari, you're probably eating a self-aware creature. Yeah, like it's a little easy. <laughs> um, and like, uh, so like the idea that in a in a kind of a post-apocalyptic situation that like squid and octopuses would become the next stinch. I mean, the they probably they species. probably wouldn't dress like really hip teenagers, but like. <laughs> That's actually a real thing. Like if you yeah. if you look at um, what is it? It's, it's a it's kind of a trashy trashy like documentary thing, but it's called "The Future Is Wild," and I think it was I think it's called something else in Britain. But it's basically about like the future. Like, you know, they jump millions of years ahead to see like what like the future creatures look like, and one of the things is um, these like I think they're called squibbins. They're squid gibbons. So they're like squid who have like. Left the water and they swing through trees and stuff, and they're kind of smart. And they're, they're, it's implied that they're, kind of, they're going to be kind of the next primates and become like self, you know, kind of like the, ne- the next like intelligent species on right. the planet. Uh, and it's, it's a it's a fun series, but it's a, it's an actual thing that some maybe fringe scientists uh, talk about. So uh, Splatoon, <laughs> not impossible. <laughs> Let, more plausible than Donkey Kong. Yeah, Let's put it that way. My issue with this Apes don't wear ties on on their own. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a thing. My issue with this is $20. It's like, look, if you made a lackluster single-player campaign like you did for Splatoon mm-hmm. 2, and obviously a lot of it was to rush it out and get product in the channels, but, you know, in the first year of the system's existence, that should be free. If you own Splatoon 2, this mm-hmm. fixed campaign should be free. You shouldn't have yeah. to pay for it. And if you start looking back at, Everything like, else has been free, right? It has, yeah. It's the first paid DLC for the game. And if you look back at, like, the campaign DLC we got for Zelda, ultimately I was hugely disappointed in that. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm glad I got, like, a code from Nintendo to play to get all the DLC for free. If I had paid for it, I would have been pretty angry over paying for I what I got. I was less irritated by what the DLC in the second the second thing in Zelda was and more irritated by the fact that I think a lot of the stuff in the first DLC should have been quality of life. Oh, yeah. Ex- like, yeah. like additions Absolutely. to the basic I mean, there were just shortcomings of the base game that yeah. they fixed, essentially. It was a patch. That's what it was. It should have just yeah. been a patch that you got for free. So I don't have a ton of... And look, I, I got to say, like during the Wii U era, I thought Nintendo handled DLC really well. Mm. But so far, what I've seen from the Switch, it's not been quite up to scratch. So Maybe with the exception of Hyrule Warriors. I thought that was a little gougy. Yeah, but... Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem, I think, are... Um, like, Fire Emblem, I think, is a little extreme. Well, Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile yeah. was taken down from the App Store yesterday or the day before. Was it? I didn't Because... Hear Apple has new... Oh, because you have to see the percentages of yep. the things that pop out. Yep. Right. It and uh, Final Fantasy Brave XVS were both taken down temporarily from the App Store yesterday mm-hmm. until they can update them to adhere to Apple's new policies. Yeah, they, uh, there was an update. One of the only mobile games I still play semi-regularly is Transformers Forge to Fight, which uh-huh. is like, you know, like the, it's, it's like those game, there's those 3D fighting games that I think kind of started with like Injustice, you know, where, where like you tap the thing and hold the thing to do the moves and right. stuff. And it's like... You run through a little maze and like do the thing, and have like a little one-on-one Street Fighter fights, basically. And uh, it's actually pretty good. It actually won like some like mobile game of the year thing at some world mobile game convention in Spain or something. 
Um, but they did an update yesterday where it's like we're preparing the game to have the percentages of the loot boxes um, you have to uh, noted, and we're trying to figure out the best way to do that. Yeah, and um, it's it the way it was worded really sounded like kind of a we're trying to figure out the best way to like adhere to the letter of the law without quite telling you too much information <laughs> that makes you not want to buy the They're trying it was, to screw around like, the yeah, it was really like it's like oh maybe we could do it in terms of multiples of like you're you know you're five times more likely to get optimus prime than to get ratchet kind of right. thing like, that doesn't tell me anything it really doesn't if you don't know what the so, base number is it doesn't do it's going to be good. interesting to see if how many if any of these high profile games like try to pull a fast one and apple just goes mm mm uh, let's move on. Uh, Mario Tennis Aces was really kind of the focus of the direct. It, it had definitely the, had the longest. It had the longest thing. section. Um, it I really was, went into detail on and, how it played, and I think they needed to yeah. because the Wii U Mario Tennis game was absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. And I think Nintendo will probably realize what one it reviewed terribly, two it sold terribly. And I think a lot of people may have looked at this game and said, "Oh, it's just the next in the lineup," but it's not. Like deep gameplay mechanics for that. I think it's looking great. Yeah, um, it's good. looking aces. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. The by only it. two games in this whole thing that I thought were of any interest to me was te- Mario Tennis and uh, um, Pro- Octopath Traveler. Yeah, people are really hype about that game, man. Like it's mm-hmm. it's starting to really generate some buzz, and it's coming out pretty soon too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's then there stuff. was oh, here's to me the biggest disappointment of the Nintendo Direct, even bigger than them charging twenty dollars for the Splatoon single player DLC. Travis strikes again, no more heroes. Oh, yeah, what a what a letdown! Wow, wow. I mean, I should have known. Well, you're like, right. I, it's like I we saw, totally came up, I'm like, Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> I felt foolish. You're right. I felt foolish for assuming it was going to be a real No like, More Heroes yeah, no game. More Heroes. They were very careful about how they worded the title, and now they, yeah, it, it was all there. We just, I just didn't want to see it. Yeah, they, uh, if they had given it a, a number, yeah. if it had been No More Heroes three, no, it's what a what a punt. What a punch to the gut, really. It's so, for those of you, you're probably seeing it on the screen right now, but it's a top-down cooperative hack-and-slash twin-stick shooter. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, screw it. That's so bad. And it's like, now I'm not all that upset about, uh, you know, uh, Robin Atkin-Downs not voicing him, because who cares? Yeah, it doesn't. Who cares about this game? It looks like an indie game. Yeah. Well, just like everything else they showed, except for Mario Tennis. Yeah. Lots of tune. But like, uh, I mean, Splatoon's already out and count. Um, it's weird, like so much weird stuff. Like, like the fact that they show, okay, you're doing a remake of Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story with like a weird expansion in it. for and Bowser you, Jr. And, and you show it in March, and then you say it's coming next year. Yeah, 2019. What? what? A 3DS you, game. You felt like you needed to tell us about that now? <laughs> like that was a, when? <laughs> I don't know. What the hell was that? I think, look, that's the 3DS. It's all they got, though. Yeah, I know. But they have to but give also the other, people but, a reason to keep it. Right, and be but like, that's the other thing. It's like, you're going to release 3DS games in 2019. I know. Okay, sure. I mean, great. I mean, I like the 3DS. Nintendo did say but, that it was I mean, going to support Switch and just, 3DS. Right, but it's just funny to me. Like, for years, people, and you, to some degree, have been saying, it's like, oh, they got to ditch the 3DS. They got to make it just a Switch. got to ditch it, drop it. Drop. I'm, like, I'm like, they're not going to. There's 40 million people that own that thing. There's too much money there. If you think Pokemon on the Switch is not also coming to the 3DS, you are insane. Yeah. Like, they have to get those sales. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised. To 2019, my eyeballs almost popped out of yeah. my head. And it's not to me. To me, it's not so much that the 3DS is going to get games in 2019. It's like you felt the need to show the remake of the. How old is that game? I know it's, it's a DS game. Yeah, and it's like you're going to show me the re- remakes coming next year. 
And it's yeah. not, if like if this was like the November direct or something, I'd be like, all right, he's coming. Yeah, a few months, okay. yeah. Or like in the little montage that they show at the E3 press conference. Like, are we going to see this game in every direct yeah, now for the yeah. next year? <laughs> we probably is this will. The only, or is this the only time we're going to see it until it comes out? And they're just like, all right, we'll put it there in it this, is. and then you, yeah. whoever's working on it, you, you need to shut up. For yeah. The next, like, <laughs> For the next 10 months. We don't want to hear it. Uh, let's see what else. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. That actually is an underrated Wii U game that I think yeah. I'm okay with them bringing that to Switch. Because a lot I, of people didn't play it, and it deserved to have more people play it. If it was it. on the Wii U, put it on the Switch. Who cares? I mean, Might as well. nobody played Obviously, it. they poured over very yeah. easily. And apparently, Switch owners who already own these things are willing to pay 60 freaking dollars to have them on a bus. They so, are adding great. Super Mario Odyssey stages, too. That makes to, sense. I mean, I, I think a lot of people saw this coming when Captain Toad showed up in Odyssey. Yeah. I mean, it, just, it felt like they were laying the groundwork there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there was all kinds fine. of little inside jokes in Odyssey with Captain Toad. That's fine. I mean, Captain Toad is kind of a cool little, like, you know, weird little thing. It, actually, it reminded me, it's not, it's not a direct comparison, I guess, but it reminded me a little bit of Zack and Wiki on yeah. the Wii. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the, the puzzle thing. A lot of people the, probably don't know what that is. Well, that's unfortunate, because <laughs> that's one of Capcom's best Wii games, and no one freaking played it. Yeah. Um, that's I why even, I said nobody even knows what it is. I don't even know if, you, if, you, if there's a way to get that, if it's digital or something. I don't know. I have a copy of it, and I'm assuming it's probably worth some probably. money at this point. I think it's probably available digitally on, like, the Wii U or something. If you have a Wii Maybe. U and you haven't played Zack and Wiki, go look that up and see if it's on the Wii U store, because that game's really great. Very unique. Yeah. Very different. Uh, then there were two ports, two big, relatively big ports. Crash coming to the Switch. Yeah. And same trilogy. Here so we the go, first Slumber Boy. Yeah, so the so it's very weird. Yeah, I mean Crash has been on Nintendo systems before. Yeah, uh, back on the GameCube. I think Twin right? Sanity was on the GameCube or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because there was that there was a while where Vivendi owned yeah. Crash, and they were porting him to like everything. Yeah. It's still very odd. But to this, see. Is the first, this is these are the games that were that were advertised with the guy in the costume with the megaphone outside of Nintendo yelling at Nintendo yelling at Mario. Yeah, it's just funny to see those on this now. Uh, and then the other one, uh, South Park Fractured Butthole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been on record on Game Face saying I was not a huge fan of that game. No, neither was I. Although I did, uh, when they mentioned it, I came to a revelation I never thought of before because I've been playing Yakuza 6. Because one of the c- criticisms I had about South Park Fractured But Whole was that um, it didn't work in the sense that you made me go through the whole same area, you know, same geographical location I'd already done in the first game. Yeah. And it just felt like a retread. Yakuza uses the same place every single time and it never feels like a retread yeah. because it's so much better at coming up with new content and new ways to use the, the location and South Park didn't do that. Yeah. I realized that my criticism wasn't accurate in the sense that it was you, you reused the same location. The criticism was actually you didn't come up with anything new to do which is a totally possible thing to do because Yakuza has done it seven or eight times. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was just the thing when they showed that game like for, some, for whatever reason that popped in my head I'm like, oh, that was... I, it, it twisted my uh, my previous criticism of the game and made me appreciate Yakuza even more. So Ubisoft cash in. Trying, I think they're just trying to get some of that money back from South Park. Yeah, they did not the, sell very well. Well, especially after that protracted development cycle. Yeah, it got delayed so much. Yeah. So yeah. So those are the big stories. There's other little stuff, but we actually end up kind of touching all that in, yeah, on all I mean, of it anyway. Like, what, there's a bunch of the indie. T- there's like Undertale and Little Nightmares and. Uh, yeah. Good games, but games I already played that are already I already have that on most the people have already played. Um, yeah. It's just okay. I mean, yeah, the the Switch is 
is increasingly sort of the the day late and a dollar short platform. It's a it's turning into although a, a poor you're, dump. You're site. a dollar short because you have to buy these things for exorbitant amounts. So it's like yeah. Little Nightmares is a great game. It is, yeah. But what are you going to pay on on Switch? You're going to pay what at least forty bucks for it. I think. Was well, it? Yeah, because it's the like the, the complete, complete edition, edition or something. And you have to pay for a card, and the well, cards yeah. cost card more than burning a disc. Or you could just get it on Steam at the next sale for like nine bucks. Maybe. Like maybe. You'd probably get it for maybe less. Even less than that. Like yeah. it's like. It's just not a financially responsible platform, you know, and I and I feel like that's partly because they've chosen the, the physical media they have, but like, and some of those games do have a ten dollar discount digitally. Yeah. But then they didn't give you the ability to, uh, you know, you've got limited storage space. You got to buy store, you know, storage space. You got to buy an card. external hard drive and only, or and only, a micro SD and card. Only re- you got to buy the micro SD card, and then only recently have you been able to to transfer your saves in any yeah. way. And it's like. It's not built for that. It, 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 the system could not possibly be more obviously rushed to market. Yeah. I mean, the online, everyone's talking about, oh, why isn't Blizzard putting Overwatch on this? Probably, eight, I mean, there's the hardware power problem, but even if there wasn't, it's like they're probably waiting to see what the freaking online looks like because yeah. they don't have that yet. Yeah, I'm wondering how Dark Souls is going to... I mean, I assume Dark Souls is going to have its own sort of you know system in place like Splatoon does. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily, Dark Souls doesn't require any kind of voice chat or, right. any, or any kind of matchmaking or anything. Yeah. This one is going to have like a co-op, more you know, play with your friends idea. But it's like you don't need... All you need is an internet connection and the ability to make it work. You don't need to have voice chat. You don't need to really have communication beyond throwing the little skull. Hello! Like right. this, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's kind of custom built for the Switch in that regard. It's like it's, it's kind of this semi-anonymous sort of you don't get to choose what's happening situation, which is sort of, you know, Nintendo's online in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, so what letter grade would you give this direct? Um, I, know, I guess C. Um, if Mario Tennis hadn't been there, there wouldn't really have been anything of interest to me in it. Um, but Mario Tennis looks actually looks really good. I like tennis games, and I like Mario Tennis games. I was disappointed that the Wii U one wasn't worth my time, and this one looks like a big improvement. And those also, games are, when they're had, good, they are really they're addictive. They're great, yeah. yeah. And uh, also it has a chain chomp in it. That's right. Swinging a, I, I, I don't know why I love that so much, but I do. Because <laughs> so. it's completely absurd. Uh, I'm going to give it a... story a, mode. It's, got, it's like, you know, yeah. it feels like a really fully-fledged game. Well, I think most importantly, the gameplay is deep. Yeah. And there's depth there. And I think that was really what the And it the gives you the option was. to play simple modes. You can just play tennis, and that's cool. Right. Like, like they're doing. I think they've done all the right things with that game from what from what they showed uh, at, on, on the direct. So I'm 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 very confident that I'm going to like Mario Tennis. I'm going to be a little more generous. I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, I think that's just the volume play, just the sheer number of games that were announced for both 3DS and for Switch, um, particularly for 3DS because we're. I mean, let's be honest. We're at the end of the road for the 3DS, and I think a lot of people have the system. They're wondering, hey, what am I going to do with this thing for the next year? I think Nintendo provided... You play Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> still, again, more. Um, and then the Switch, it's... I, I hear you. You're right. It is kind of turning into this, like, <clears throat> port dump I mean, platform. it's better than not having anything. Right. But and so, you know... It doesn't if, do me any good. If Switch is your primary gameplay system that you're using now, maybe you commute a lot or you travel a lot, and it's kind of turned into your uh, your home system... Kind of filling it out with this stuff that other systems had mm-hmm. already have does have some value. So um, I agreed. I would like to have seen something new announced. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Retro Studios put up some job listings the other day, yeah. and uh, they're it's definitely not working on Donkey Kong anymore. Mm. Its new game is focused on narrative and branching mm. narrative well, in, in unique I'll, and innovative I'll see you ways. In yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. 
Um, but yeah, the lack of any real... For the, for the Nintendo Swatch. Yeah. The lack of any <laughs> real new announcements other than Smash Brothers, which is something that we've... Everyone's assumed and really known yeah. about for a while. I mean, it sounds like it might actually be better than we expected. You know, cause I think it's we were, possible. We were expecting it to be a port yeah. of the Wii, Wii U version with new content. Uh, but you know, if, if these rumors or whatever I read are true, that it's, a, it's actually a new game they've been working on since they finished DLC for Wii U version, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big thing. Uh, I mean, in general, yeah. For me personally... It'd be a big deal either way, but this is even better. Basically. Yeah. I do hope... I have to say... Uh, I know, like, competitive is sort of the uh, the focus of that franchise right now, at least in terms of, like, the longevity of it. Um, but my, my, I'm most interested in kind of the the story mode. Like, I think, the like, the Star Space Emissary was the most interesting. Or they, yeah. I mean, it's it's not quite as far as I would go with it. I, I'd like to see that, that part of, of the franchise fleshed out more, like the story mode where everything crosses over and goes crazy. Um, and they sort of dropped that in the Wii U yeah. version, and I'd like to see that come back. Um, if it turns out that Smash Brothers is a new Smash Brothers, I would bump my score up to like a B plus. Yeah. Um, if it turns out to just be DX, then the B minus that I've given it will it'll stay. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't able to do enough uh, digging on those rumors that I read to know one way or the other. But we'll I, probably know by next week. But you yeah. won't be here. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's move on to our next topic. We're going to talk about something that had been brewing for a couple weeks. Uh, Donald Trump met with the video game industry yesterday. Yesterday was just a smorgasbord of big news. Um, in fact, most of the topics for today's show were stuff that happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good thing we did this on Friday. We're going to get out of way ahead of everybody else. It's Thursday. Yesterday was Thursday. We're, today's Friday. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> uh, so yesterday, Trump met with the video game industry. Uh, he met with Zenimax, Bethesda, basically. Take two, the ESA... And the ESRB. So the head of the ratings part of the of ESRB was a part of the meeting. And then Trump had basically all critics of the gaming industry. Jack Thompson, by the way, crawled out of his hole mm. and found relevance once again for the first time since 2012. Yeah, because well, he's still disbarred, so forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got remember this isn't this is a bipartisan thing because back in 2012, Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton were they were pushing to make it illegal for stores to sell M-rated games to underage kids. And I honestly have no problem with that at all. I mean, it's basically just enforcing... You don't have a problem with government regulation of, of artistic expression? Because that it was ruled unconstitutional. No, That's I know it was. You can't do that. I know it was. But I don't... But isn't that... That is not a thing that should be happening. The government's not, role is not to do that. But why... But, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, though. Why are the ratings in place, then? Because Why do they exist? They're a guide to parents. So you're saying they're just suggestions. Yeah. Same as movie ratings. It's not illegal for a kid to see an R-rated movie. But movie theaters don't let kids in to see R-rated movies. Right. But there's no legal backing for that. It's just, it's just that's policy of the company. But I think sometimes if you put laws in place, it incentivizes the, either the game store or the movie theater to actually follow the rules. Uh, yeah, because that's a penalty for for limiting expression of an artistic medium. You can't do that by the rules of the first. That's actual censorship. That's literally what censorship is. The government cannot state that. Uh, not in America, anyway. That's what the Bill of Rights says. You can do that elsewhere. That's what Australia does a lot. That's why you know the ratings board there can say like, no, you can't release this here because it's we, we're not going to give it a rating. We're not going to allow you. That's literal censorship. So we don't have that in America, and that's a good thing. 
we just have guidelines that say this is this thing, and you probably don't want to want your kid to see this movie or watch this thing, but they can if they want to, like because it's not our business to regulate. But see, that. from my perspective, not selling games, M-rated games to kids, it's not saying that they can't play them. It's you're you're putting the parent in the position of deciding whether they should play them or not. Right. They can still play them. They can right. still, as long as their parents feel well, like the same thing they're with, mature enough well, to play them. it's the same thing them. with the R-rated movie. Like, the, the theater, I mean, not anymore, apparently. I, but when we were kids, if our parents took us to the theater and said, it's okay for them to see this movie, we could, they'd let us in and we'd see it. Um, but there's no law backing that. Like, that's the whole point of a ratings board, is so there is no law. Back. Like, that's why the MPAA exists. It's why the ESRB exists. Is so the government looks at them and says, okay, you're watchdogging your own shit. We don't need to regulate laws. No, I get that. Laws. And look, I don't agree with what Australia does or Germany does, where it's just like, you know what? This game's too violent. We're not going to even sell it in our country, and we're going to make sure people can't buy it. I don't have a problem with holding retailers to account to follow the rules. I really don't, because the games are still being released in America. The kids can still play them if the parents act as a gatekeeper and say, yeah, I'm okay with you playing that game. It, it's just making the retailers responsible they're already responsible like the, the the way you hold someone to that is if parents care that much they don't let their kids shop at that or they don't go with shop. that's impossible though it's impossible to have to stop people from buying from going into a movie theater and seeing an r-rated movie kids sneak into r-rated movies all the time uh. like you can't but but if the, what you're saying is if like if a kid snuck into an r-rated movie the, the theater would be legally responsible for that like they would be no they didn't fined no or they wouldn't they'd have to they have, would they know they would have to have bought a ticket to see the movie well, no, and if that, they sold the ticket then sure they would be responsible well then you have no backing on that because you what you'd have to do is you have to say like the, the illegal action is the child sees the movie in this place of business. And if then that means you then have to patrol your place of business to make sure that's not happening. No, the, the le- illegal action would be selling the ticket to the well, kid. The, no, 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 no. Like, if you make that law, it also means you, that that business is responsible for preventing that content from being seen well, by you that can write you can write the law however you want. Well, then otherwise it has no teeth. Like, you have to... You, the, the, it has to be... The, the, the retailers of the theater, they're the gatekeepers to the right. content. And if you're not gatekeeping children from running amok in your theater to see things, whether they bought a ticket or not, you're still legally responsible for that. But again, that depends on how you write the law. You could write well, the law in a well, way that the well, only thing that's illegal is selling the ticket. Well, then, then what you're saying doesn't make any sense because all you're doing is regulating something for the sake of regulating it and not in the sense that like this content is harmful for a child to see. No, I don't... Yeah, like that's... The, the point, the, the thing that should make that illegal is that the thing is harmful for the child to see. That's why you need to make a law to prevent them from seeing it. If then you can still get into this like facility and then see the content and there's no legal repercussion for that, why is the ticket illegal? Because like, you're, you're, that's, they can't see it unless they buy the ticket. Right, but you're in control of your premises. So if you're letting children sneak into the, the theater to see the thing that they're not allowed to see, there is going to be legal repercussions for that as well because it's the content that's the problem. Even, even if That's there why were. this is not a law. Look, even, I, I, even if there were, th- that happens so infrequently. I mean, you're talking about like but half of a percent But what I'm saying whatever. is one of the reasons why it's not a law. I mean, because but, you can't enforce I mean, that let's problem. compare it to... Being 21 to buy alcohol. Kids still get alcohol. Somebody buys it for them. They drink. Yeah, and if they are found with possession of that, they, are, they, it... are, they are in trouble. And anyone who got it for them 
is guilty of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Right. The gatekeeper. And so the theater, the gatekeeper for this, is going to be in trouble for for not patrolling their R-rated theaters and not letting children into them, whether they have a ticket or not. Yeah. I, I, I guess we'll disagree to disagree on this one. And you're right. It was struck down as unconstitutional, and maybe it is. I, I just personally have no issue with retailers being held accountable for selling... And well, the, well, the, the way they're held accountable is supposedly that if they're doing that, then the, the either the location that hosts them or the the parents that shop there will no longer give them their business, like because they don't want to help this company that is selling M-rated games to children. But like, that no one happen. does that yeah. because a no one cares, and b they generally don't sell M-rated games to children. Like every time I've seen a kid buy an M-rated game, their mother or father's been standing right next to them. Like it, it happens cares. though. Especially at the mom pop About as frequently as they sneak in R-rated movies, probably, yeah. Really? Yeah. I think I think M-rated think, games are sold to kids more often. 12-year-olds are bringing 60 bucks in to buy Black Ops on a regular basis? No, their parents buy them for them. These kids don't well, get Well, no, them. I agree that mo- most commonly underage kids get M-rated games because their parents buy them for them. I don't think the, mo- the majority are the kids going in by themselves. But well, I think cares? But I think kids buy M-rated games more often than kids sneak into R-rated movies. This was my know, point. I don't know how you track those stats, but I'm pretty sure that both, anecdotal. Of, both of them are pretty much negligible. And also, who gives a shit? Like, like that's the, the kind of the thing. Is like, who cares if the kid's playing GTA? Like, it's not going to do anything to them beyond anything, beyond when I saw Alien when I was eight. Like, well, I think it not... depends. I think if a kid's autistic or has some sort of... I don't think it's... And also, like, if the kid's autistic, why is he buying video games without his parents' permission? Like, well, it's like, like when Brett was on the show. Why aren't you monitoring what they're doing? Well, it's like when Brett was on the show, he brought up a, a pretty good anecdote. He said, you know, when his kids watch TV and they watch a kung fu movie or a kung fu TV show... As soon as they stop watching it, they run, they run around the living room and start kung fu karate chopping him. Right. And so you start talking about kids that young. They are very impressionable. Um, six to ten years old. Once they get older than that, sure. I mean... Yeah, but then, like you say, stop hitting people. Like the, right. It's, it, but that's what that is a case is. where media does directly influence behavior in the real world. But that's anything. Like, you, you, watch, you watch a football game and kids are going to run around play, pretend to be right. football players. Like, Absolutely. But, like, it doesn't, like... But you're talking about violent games where people are... I mean, that's the other thing we should bring up. So this whole meeting starts... This whole meeting is a red herring. It really is, absolutely. The whole meeting starts with a montage of of the bottom of the barrel video game violence which is gone now i mean they took that down they, did they, they the, the, was the youtube link i had is doesn't go i anymore. downloaded it today i got it before but they I, took it down it was like, it was, like uh, was it sniper elite or was sniper it, elite yeah. 4 but ironically wolfenstein 2 wolfenstein 2 you know clearly the the, the, the nazi thing is going to be a problem for this administration fallout clearly. 4 Fallout, there was Fallout 4, which was funny because they had to shoot the guy like 10 times yeah. to get the headshot to happen. Very <laughs> but, ineffective caliber bullet. Yeah. And uh, no Russian was in there. Yeah, no Russian from which Modern Warfare Which is also Warfare ironic. <laughs> so ironic. Like, he doesn't... Oh, it's just a comedy of errors and gaffes. But, so they start off the meeting by showing this montage of the absolute mm. worst video game gore ever. Um, and then it finishes and Trump says, that's pretty violent, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I could do that with movies, too. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I could do that just using the series Hannibal. Yeah. No cameras were allowed in the meeting, uh, so we don't know exactly what well, happened. They, they've learned that you don't want a camera live on Trump when he's talking. On the side of anti 
game violence. Of course, there was Jack Thompson and pundits like that who have been around forever. They're just like Man, these. If, if they're I just went, like those little fish he, that he swim in, alongside was he sharks. In the he was, yeah. Man, if I was actually anti-video game, if I was someone who really wanted to like do something about video game, I wouldn't want Jack Thompson within five miles. I would of that keep meeting. him out of the meeting. Absolutely, like, all that does is damage your credibility. Yep. Uh, the Parents Television Council was there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so after the meeting, again, there was no cameras, very little reporting, but there were two, a couple official statements that were released afterwards. Uh, the ESA's official statement was. Uh, we welcome the opportunity today to meet with the president and other elected officials at the White House. We discussed the numerous scientific studies establishing that there is no connection between video games and violence. Uh, First Amendment protection of video games and how our industry's rating system effectively helps parents make informed entertainment choices. We appreciate the president's receptive and comprehensive approach to this discussion. And then the statement from the Parents Television Council. Uh, what I heard in today's meeting is that the entertainment industry is still fighting to maintain the status quo and is not ready or willing to confront the impact that media violence has on our children. Um, Which is zero. And then as a caveat... Every other country has these games too and their kids don't shoot schools up. That's what's been really disappointing to me is, is nothing has come out of that meeting suggesting that that was ever said in that mm-hmm. meeting. And to me that is just the most blatant, obvious point that nobody can refute. Um, it's like until you have a refut- refutation of that point, I don't even want to have this meeting. Yeah, like that's the end of it. It's like it's like where are the giant mass school shooting problems in Europe because of the same games being available? By the way, there is not a single scientific study that links video game violence to real world no. vi- real violence. None, not Just one. As you said with the kung fu thing, like a, a heightened level of of aggression after a competitive. But that's true of any competitive anything. anything. Yeah, like that's just how. We react to that. Uh, in a conference call after and, the meeting... The, and most people, after they've had a really strenuous soccer game, do not go out and shoot anybody. No. <laughs> uh, in a conference call afterwards, the PTC, the Parents Television Council, uh, ranked violent media, including movies and TV, as its third leading con- contributor to gun violence, trailing access to guns by those who shouldn't have them and mental health. Mm-hmm. Not the guns, obviously. Just not, saying, it's not the actual again, guns. There's a lot of mental illness in other countries, and this doesn't happen there. Yeah. Um, nothing is going to come out of this, by the way. No. They'll never have another meeting. Well, it's just, it's just a red herring. This happened in 2012 avoid, as well. Right. They did it's a red Biden did a meeting. meeting. It's to make it look like they're doing something, is to avoid talking about the guns because that's what the problem is. Um, and, you know, the fact that it's easier to get a gun than it is to, to you know, get licensed to drive a car in this country. Look, I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you a nerd reference that could have gone in that meeting. I collect Transformers. Megatron turns into a Walther P-38 pistol. Right. You can't sell guns in, toy guns in America without like a blazed orange barrel plug or something. It is harder for me to get an unmodified, no blaze orange plug masterpiece Megatron than it is for me to get an actual Walther P-38 pistol. (laughs) Okay? Like that's how crazy this is. Absurd it is, yeah. It is absurd. Um, but I, I don't think anything is going to come out of this. This was all just the administration making it look like they're doing something, essentially. Right. And, it, it. and most importantly for their NRA masters, making it look like they're blaming other things. Right. Yeah. They have to spread it around like, oh, we just don't know. And like, but it's not have, guns. Well, also, they know if they can just drag this out long enough and like tap dance long enough, people will forget about forget it about and it stop it thinking and about it yep. until the next time it happens. Yep. And, ho- and they're probably hoping the next time it happens, it happens to kids in the grade school because kids in grade school don't organize protests. Yep. 
That was the problem. <laughs> That's that what was they the problem. This, well, no, this is, this, these were high school <laughs> right, kids. Right, right. That's the yeah. problem is it happened to kids who were old enough to do something about it. And time. they are. And they did. Really impressive what those kids are doing. And in the wake of horrible, horrible trauma and tragedy, yeah. it's really, it's inspiring to see young Americans, regardless of what they're fighting for, just get involved, period. Yeah. Because really the problem with our country is that young people just don't get involved at all and don't vote. And I'm not going to throw any stones because I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had never voted until this last presidential election because I really hate all politicians. I think they're all crooks. I think they're all in it for themselves and all the money and the lobbying. I, I just hate politicians. But this past presidential election, at least for me personally, I felt like I needed to finally get involved because to me, one of the options was so awful that I needed to finally, for once in my life, take a stand in politics and, and draw a line in the sand for me. I know um, some good politicians, but they're all local people. Yeah. Like but once you get to the national stage, like... It's bad. It's... Yeah. it's the system makes them bad. I right. mean, that's just the, it's what you have to do to win, essentially. I'm, in, I'm actually in favor of uh, term limits. Term limits, I'm in favor because, of. Because I just feel like they get too comfortable up there. I, I agree. You know what I mean? um, so I never got involved. So I was one at of those people. At the very least, make these corporate like guys who throw money. Make the corporate guys have to build a new relationship every eight years. Right. So, right? <laughs> just, I've got to slow something down. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I'm, look, I'm not going to throw. I'm, I'm living in a glass house. So I'm not going to throw stones. Um, I did not vote until I had, was no longer really young. Mm. And so I don't want to... I've always voted because, like, frankly, California politics are a giant minefield of crazy things. Right. And, like, so yeah. you got to vote in this in this state for your own interests on almost every imaginable level or you end up... Like, one of the, re one of the reasons... Yeah, I don't know if you saw, like, there's the articles about how people are leaving San Francisco in droves. Uh, and it, it costs, like, $200 to rent a U-Haul truck to move from Vegas to San Francisco. It costs 2000 to rent one from to move out of San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, because it's so, there's a shortage of trucks to leave San I didn't Francisco because no day. one can afford to live there I anymore. Did re I read that and the other like, day. And it's like, at a certain point, it's just going to be the venture capitalists and the homeless guys. That's like, pretty I, much I'm, what it is already. And it's like... It, like part of that comes from just like the you know yeah see if i had grown up in california i may have had a different perspective yeah but i grew up in pennsylvania where everything was just kind of vanilla and you never felt <laughs> seriously though it was it's, yeah pennsylvania everything just seems like it kind of works it i yeah. mean it works well enough there's very guess. little controversy in politics there people don't talk about it that much but anyway it, it's been inspiring to see young kids get involved in and i think that's one thing that no matter how well, you I, look at i would like to think that if i was f afraid of getting shot to death at every time i went to school every day i would get i involved would get involved too. yeah absolutely like so, i know i know like statistically it's unlikely but it's just like it's so common that like if that would be a thing that i you know and if you're literally sitting there talking about at, at putting metal detectors in schools i and, know and, which and already happens and, and like yeah. army yeah, all that stuff is insane also i mean jesus so to me regardless of like, like you're really talking about how like oh kids are exposed to too much violent media but your other idea is to have like the teacher strapped like it's crazy like, hello exposure yeah. to so to me the whole result of this is young people are activated which is really good and regardless of whoever they end up voting for i don't care just the fact that they're involved and they have a voice now in politics i think that's great so if you're looking for a silver lining over all the crazy stuff that's happened over the last 18 months i think that's that's it that's yeah. one of them well it's nice to see like i don't they're not i mean the kids that are you know the parkland kids are not millennials they're whatever right comes but after the reason them. i bring this they're up Gen z but like it's interesting to see that this this generation has learned very early that baby boomers are not going to help you yeah and the reason I bring this up is because these kids are have grown up playing games. Yeah. And so they're going to be an advocate for our industry going forward, regardless of what other, their other stances are. 
Yeah. They've grown up playing games. Why and they're going to be they're going to be helping us as we get older. Well, I always go back to uh, and I think I've told this story before, but I go back to an interview that Adam Sessler did with uh, Bing Gordon uh, at Dice like in 20, 2012, 2011 back then, I think. And uh, I mean, I was in the I didn't watch it. I, I don't remember where it ended up. I think it was on the G4 website, but, we, but I was in the room doing production on it. And Adam asked, because this was right in the middle, like when Adam was, you know, did that debate with Jack Thompson. Right, and, like, right. He was on NPR yelling at him, and like uh-huh. the, the host had to tell Adam to calm down. Or <laughs> um, but like uh, he asked Bing Gordon, like, you know, we have this whole debate about violence in video games. Do you think this is ever going to stop or ever going to end, or is this going to be like this something the medium has to defend itself from every five or so years? Yeah. At, right, like clockwork right now, really. And um, and Bing Gordon says, who's, if you don't know Bing Gordon, Bing Gordon was a major EA. Was he co-founder? He was. Or, if he wasn't a co-founder, he was in on the close. ground so floor. Big, yeah, he is. He's uh, older. You know, 50, late fifties, I guess by now. Maybe um, older than that. Maybe, but he's he's the closest thing to the tick I've ever met in real life. <laughs> he's a giant six foot something dude yeah. with a huge chin and yeah. kind of like. Kind of like just the booming sort of like jolly voice of, of just like, hey, what, you know, it's, it, it, if, if he did dress up and fight crime at night, no, I would not be surprised. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he said, uh, he said, well, here's the thing. Uh, I, you know, I'm older than the average. He, he said he's older than the average gamer. He's like, most of the people that are you know, making all this noise about violent video games causing violence are my generation. And eventually, we're gonna die. Yeah. And everyone younger, you know, he's like, points to, he says to say, like, you and everyone younger than you grew up playing video games and know that that's not what happens. That, right. you know, if, if it did cause violence, there would be a lot more violent people around. Oh, yeah. Because For everyone sure. plays. Everyone's the, playing. Yeah. Like, you know, these kids in, the, in high school and younger now, like, they, you know, the, the psychological studies have shown that if you don't play video games in their generation, you are weird. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if someone who doesn't play video games. At that in that generation has more trouble socializing because it's such a part of their life. Brent brought that up. He said that's why he will allow his kids to play Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. even at their age because he feels like the damage done to them socially, socially yeah. for not being able to talk to their other friends who are playing it mm-hmm. in a social setting is worse than the damage that's done actually consuming the content. Yeah. So uh, there's a there's a real argument for that, especially yeah. if your if your kid can handle it. If you're you know, yeah. If and I think as a parent, you probably a have parent, a good idea. You have a good idea, and also you can step in and, and, and modulate, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Moder- moderate. Modulate? Moderate. Oh. I think both actually yeah. works, yeah. Um, it's, just, it's, you know, and so I think Bing Gordon always, uh, you know, I think he's right that, uh, you know, eventually you'll run out. The people in charge who are making these meetings, I mean, they're all seven-year-old people that don't know anything about video games, you know. Yeah. It's, we're still, the, you know, we're in our 40s, and basically this meeting is a bunch of bunch of people equivalent to us had to step in and defend the medium against their parents again. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. like they're literally, you know, Donald Trump is old enough to be my father, right. basically. Yeah, and it's it's the same fight we've been having since this whole thing began. Since my dad didn't want to buy me an Atari 2600. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. It's, it's, you're right, though. And it's that generation, I mean, I hate to yeah, say it, is eventually they're going to be gone. And it won't be forever. You know? yeah. it won't, it'll, it'll, uh, and, and there'll be something new. There'll be... The new, and, and like I said, it's good, VR to, for, it's good to see the kids younger than us rising up yeah. and becoming a part Maybe of the process. Maybe they can head the next thing off at the pass when, yeah. we're, when we're sitting around saying, like, oh, all you kids in your AR goggles. <laughs> like, I, I'm tired of seeing 20-year-olds, like, jumping on mushrooms yeah. that, that I can't see. Right. <laughs> like, in, on the sidewalk in my street. And I, I'm going to, I hope we, I'm going to give us more credit when we're elderly. I have a feeling like we're going to be okay. <laughs> I'd like to think, but I feel like it's just going to be, like, people are going to be screaming, you know, people when, there will be something when we're 
in our 70s, there's going to be other people, at least if not us, screaming about how all these damn kids in their AR and in my day, and we're, they're all going to be oppressing like cyborgs right, or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, or, the, or sentient robots. That'll yeah. be, that'll be our uh, that'll be our like uh, uh, Jim Crow thing. Yeah. Is like we'll have like robot drinking fountains or something. Yeah, so it doesn't even make sense because robots don't, don't need to. Drink. Right. Yeah. In but fact, we'll do it anyway. In fact, it's detrimental we'll, yeah, to a robot. We'll do it anyway just to make them feel bad. Right. <laughs> so put that in Detroit. Become human. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm having. I, I'm just guessing here. I, I don't think we're going to be talking about this again on the show for a long time. This was just, as you said, a red herring, a distraction tactic, yeah. and uh, it probably won't and be one, brought back one up. One last be desperate spark of hope for Jim, for uh, Jack Thompson. Yeah, and maybe we will. Maybe most importantly, we will never see Jack Thompson again. Maybe this might be it. I don't. Know, could be. be He's nice. pretty old now. Yeah, I saw the photo of him. I was like, wow. I'm sure, we would have seen Leland Yee there, right? For, uh, if he weren't in if prison, he were in prison <laughs> for running guns <laughs> after years of saying violent. Like, what the hell? I know. It's it's like all, is all of politics just projection. It, I think is it, it is. Like, well, think about how many uh, politicians uh, enact laws and legislation against like LGBTQ people, and then you find out they that get, they're, yeah. they're they're gay. They get mm-hmm. caught in like a truck stop bathroom or whatever. Right. <laughs> it's insane. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about probably the biggest game official announcement this week. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 officially Which announced... Which was a little forced, it felt like, but here we go. I, I do feel... Well, I wonder. So at first I thought... Well, if it was the logo was spotted on a hat, right? It was... Like, Activision planted that hat. Yeah. Yeah, it was an NBA player who was in warm-ups wearing the hat. And it, it went viral and blah, blah. I think that was all part of their plan. Yeah, it could be. It's, it's impossible to tell anymore. There are also... And I think why people maybe think their hand was forced was because rumors were starting to swirl about the game. There were... Things were starting to leak out a little bit. So it, it was just, about time. It was. I mean, this is typically how it works. Uh, so they showed the debut teaser. Uh, very thankfully, the official title for the game is not Black Ops I, 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 I. It is Black Ops the number four, even though the logo is the four eyes. The numeral four. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, which just breaks your brain if you have one. Um, and then they put out a teaser trailer yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the I, 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 I is not incorrect. It's uh, it's used on clocks. Uh, Is it, it really? Yeah, it was a it was a note to, to to balance it with the the seven on the other side. It makes a little more. I was not aware of that. Pleasing. Uh, it is you know it is I believe in ancient times it actually was one or the other. It could also be do, done as a tally mark. Which is, you know, how you keep track of kills yeah. sometimes on the side of a plane yeah. or whatever. So and now like, five will have the slash yeah. through the four. <laughs> yeah, could be. I mean, wait for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, like, I mean, the main thing I feel is, like, by not using the, the standard Roman numeral, I feel like they're, they're missing the opportunity to make the L and the A in Black Ops the IV right. of, of the four. Like, yeah, yeah. It would be, be upside-down A. It could be, like... Yeah. Again, especially because Black Ops has that sort of, like, secret, like, kind of numbers station, like, conspiracy. Like, oh, yeah. what is the upside-down A mean? Right, like, right. <laughs> like, you, you could play with that as a yeah, logo. You could. But, I mean, it's a little predictable, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, the big news, because they didn't show much. The teaser trailer was literally just a montage of, right. of past Black Ops games. And then they said... There remember? Was a- remember? Remember Black Ops? Remember Black Ops? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was a little tagline at the end, like, forget what you know or whatever, which I feel uh-huh. like they do with every single Call of Duty game. Right. Every every Call of Duty, like, the, the promotional material makes it sound like they're reinventing first-person shooters forever. Because they have to. Because otherwise, otherwise... Yeah, because otherwise... You can't just say, like, hey, that thing you like, there's another one. Because you, you have the whole internet mob mentality that says it's just another Call of Duty. And right. they try to counteract that narrative. Well, any, any day now, I'm sure that'll work. 
and yeah. everyone will stop <laughs> buying trying. it. Don't, uh, don't, don't give up the fight. So they didn't give up many details about the game. Uh, May 17th is going to be like the big reveal, the community reveal, where they basically bring everybody together and everyone gets yeah. to play it for a whole just, day. Just in time to start building the hype cycle for E3. For E3, and then it's just the same thing that they've done year after year. Uh, there were some tidbits, though, that were released, not even int- intentionally. Uh, the game apparently is going to be on Battle.net. Mm, yeah. Which is Activision's uh, finally said to start using that for something else. I guess. Yeah, because Destiny Two was the first. It, it yeah. worked great. Uh, I will say, I mean, it's Destiny there. Two you on Battle.net. Well it. it was awesome. It ran freaking great. Uh, so that's a big deal. Basically, dedicated servers, I guess, is probably yeah. Um, and then it's coming out on October twelfth. Yeah, moving out of their first week in November. A month thing. early. It is never. Not shipped the first week of November. Yeah, yeah. Even Activision blinks in the face of Rockstar. Think about that, Matt. That yeah. is huge. I mean, they know. That's crazy. Nobody wants to be anywhere near Red Dead. Because the thing too about it is that Red Dead isn't even, isn't even really the eight hundred pound gorilla of the Rockstar stable. It's not. It's just you it's, don't want to be anywhere near. It's them. the B team yeah. of Rockstar stable. And although I feel like this one might turn it into. Something on the level of, of, of GTA. Of GTA. Here, here's my thing, though. I don't look at Red Dead as like, oh, it's going to sell 60 million copies in the first month. Like, I think it's a marathon. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's how Rockstar rolls. They put out a game and then it, they'll end up and releasing. It doesn't it go away for the next forever, <laughs> forever. It will just sell mm-hmm. until eternity. So to me, whereas, if I was like, Activision, Call of Duty is more of a burst, right? Thing. Yeah, it'll sell 80 percent of its copies in the first three months. Mm. And so to me, I was shocked to see Activision acquiesce to Rockstar in this. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I thought that, you know, I could see them kind of moving a little bit one way or the other, but like a little bit, I didn't expect them to just jump back that hard. Well, it's a month earlier. Yeah. Which, uh, it is Treyarch, and Treyarch, I'm sure, I mean, probably... Yeah, Treyarch's on the ball, I'm sure. I mean, the game it. might be finished already. Right. I mean, they, they could probably launch it whenever the hell they want. Right. Really. So, I mean, I don't think it puts a pinch on Treyarch all that much, but... They've done it before. <laughs> They've been here before. Yeah, but, I mean, that's shocking to me. The Call of Duty w- took a knee and was yeah. like, okay, you, it's, it's Rockstar. They almost, be, almost must be very confident that Red Dead 2 is, in fact, launching that first Yeah, that, uh, certainly Activision believes it, yeah. <laughs> even if Rockstar isn't sure yet. Yeah, know. which makes me feel a little bit better about my fantasy team. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um the question becomes, if, if, if Red Dead does slip, does Call of Duty move back to its traditional... I think it's too late. I think they're, yeah, I think they're already printing the flyers. They're figure. printing the flyers. They're printing... They've already got all their promotional media done with the release date in it. Like, I'm sure, like, Ant Farm or whoever already has produced, like, 50 trailers for the game. And well, that's an they're easy just waiting to roll to that change, stuff out. Though. What? It's an easy slate It is. Change. Yeah, I mean, I mean you can go in and... Recut it, but yeah. I mean, as long as you didn't get like Christopher Walken to say the release date for something like yeah. That. But then you probably have all these standees that go to GameStop and all the retailers and Best Buy and all oh, that, that stuff. Actually, I, I, that actually remind, the voiceover thing I just said reminds me of a thing I meant. I want to mention the Nintendo Direct. Um, I don't know who they got voice in that. 
But, like, maybe let him read the script before he has to read it in the voice booth next time. Because, holy... Like, that dude that looked like he... Bad. It sounded like he had no idea what he was saying. Well, he didn't know... You could tell he did not know what he was talking about. Right. You can tell can, he's not a gamer at but all. But you can fake that if you, like, let him walk through the right. script and, like, kind of familiarize him with what he's saying and how he needs to say... Like, there, it sounded like there was no voice director in there. You're room. absolutely right. Yeah. They just like, gave him the script and said, go get it. Right. And it's like, you're Nintendo. Yeah. Like, there's a... Like, even as someone who isn't a giant Nintendo fan, like, there's this level of quality that Nintendo pre- presents that wasn't there. On a, and like, Well, their like, early directs were pretty rough. Yeah, but it's like, and also, I mean, they suffer from the fact that, like, they don't, uh, clearly they don't have anyone to replace Iwata. Yeah. In terms of... I'm the, also pretty much over the whole... Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he did it, like, 80 times in yeah. 30 minutes. Like, I mean, okay, we get it. Yeah, I mean, look, Iwata's a very charismatic screen presence it's, yeah. it's replacing him is going to be pretty much impossible like yeah. you don't you don't get a corporate guy like him yeah like once in a lifetime basically yeah but wow <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah <laughs> it's just a production thing yeah that me well about. that's the way we are uh black ops 4 do you think it makes a difference that it's coming out a month early no. do you think it'll help it at all I, more time to sell i guess more time to I don't know. More time to sell? I don't know. I mean, I didn't think they needed to move it, to be honest with you. And I, I think pr- most I gamers don't. I think most gamers do know the first week of November is Call of Duty week. Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't if you aren't aware and you don't care about Red Dead Redemption, you can still buy it that week and it'll be all the same. But yeah. yeah. But like I, I, I really don't know. think it makes a difference. I, I don't, don't see so. why Call of Duty I think Call of Duty can choose where it chooses release date. As long yeah. as you're in that window of the fall, it's yeah. fine. You know, it's it's cool. I and guess I, mean, I will say this. I don't think there's much else coming out. Really. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only other thing they'd worry about would be Battlefield, and I feel like Battlefield, while popular, is not going to really dictate what Battle what Call of Duty does. Yeah, so. they never have. Um, I will say this though, my mom, she always did like a Christmas club where she'd put like a little bit of money aside with every paycheck, and then you get it at the end of the year so you can go buy Christmas gifts. Generally, those Christmas clubs do dole out that money in October. Because mm. my mom starts asking me for Christmas ideas in October. Uh, so maybe that helps it a little bit. People have more cash on I don't know. I, I, I just can't understand why they would have moved out of the way for Red Dead. They're completely that, different games Well, then also. you got people that wait for kind of the Target buy to get one free sale. It right. comes like near, near closer to Black Friday. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's all the same space. And I feel like even if you don't get it on launch day, you're going to get what you get. Yeah. So it's fine. It's not yeah. going to make any difference. It's yeah, I don't just, think it makes a difference at all. You want you want to separate your hype beast from the other hype beast. That's all. Yep. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Grand Theft Auto Six. Hmm. Stuff leaked out. Do you, maybe. Maybe. It's hard to. Tell I really have them. a problem believing that anything about this game leaked out. So there's this YouTube channel called The No, um, ironically, that has a spotty history with leaks. It has said stuff before that's been wrong, but it also got a ton of stuff right about Dark Souls 3 before it was ever announced. So it has been right before. It has been wrong before. Uh, and it came out and said that Grand Theft Auto 6 is set in South America slash Vice City, which is basically mm-hmm. Miami. That you can travel back and forth between Via them. boat, I'm assuming, most of the time. It's a long boat ride. It's also a long drive. <laughs> If you're going to drive all the way... Well, I'm going to guess you just, like, enter a thing say, do you want to go to South America? Probably. (laughs) Hit the button, yeah. Uh, Female lead character. About time. Uh, Well, I mean, the other caveat with that, too, is that, you know, GTA V, you played as several different characters. Right, and one of them should have been a girl. Yeah. No, you're right. There should have been at least one. I thought... And ultimately, there was really one lead character, too. 
Yeah, I mean, Michael is the lead character yeah, in that game. For sure. Really. Uh, there's three, you know, if you're going to pick one person the story's about, it's about Michael. It is, yeah. Um, and I, you know, back before we knew that we realized it was never going to be any more single player DLC for that game, I thought that adding a fourth playable character that was a woman. Maybe that was the plan. Was an idea. But then they started making all happen. that GTA online money, yeah. and they're like, screw that. It could have been possible. Uh, the final thing coming in 2022. That's a long way away. <laughs> it sure is. Like how? That's long four did, years from now. Like how is that leaking four years before release? If that's well, I mean, you know, we know they've been working like on it for a long time. Yeah. But holy cow, what would that? Would I mean, that that's be? no GTA this generation. That means Red Dead Redemption Two is the GTA of this generation. Would that be ten years between releases? When did GTA Five come out? Uh, I want to say Five was fall 2012. 2012. It was. I think it was. Was it? It's either 2012 or, maybe or 2013. It was... It was, either, it was either late 2012 or early 2013. I can't remember if that came out when I was still at G4. Regardless, we're talking about nine to ten years between releases. That's the part of these rumors that I have a really hard problem believing. Like, I just can't see it being another four years before this game comes out. Yeah, but at the same time, Rockstar can do whatever the hell they want. I mean, the biggest problem is how September well GTA 17th, Five has continued to sell. 2013. Like, the first couple months, right? September 17th. Of 2013? Yeah. Oh, wow. I knew it was fall. I I thought it was earlier in the year for some reason. I knew it was the fall. I just didn't remember which year it was. So it's only been four years right now since it came out. Yeah, a little over four. Um, Well, four and a half. Yeah. So coming up on five. And now you're going to say another four years? Nine years. I I don't believe that. I don't think that's right. Well, that would be... uh, And you're right. That would mean no GTA for PS4 or Xbox So who made uh, Red Dead Redemption 2? It's I believe it's Rockstar San Diego. Rockstar San Diego doesn't exist. But the team, like you're right, they absolutely dissolved absolutely dissolved that squad. But I think it's the same. They kept a lot of people that came and worked I don't on think they the did. project. Really? Because I was at the Dice Awards right at, when they won Red Dead Redemption One, like a, an award. I don't remember what award it was. It was like it won something, and uh, the host was like because we knew a bunch of the guys who made it were in the audience and they were gonna, and they're all like we don't work for them anymore like we, don't, we can't we don't, accept we don't, the award <laughs> so one of them so one of the lead guys got up and said like yeah we all got fired after we finished the game and like so we aren't rockstar anymore like that team doesn't exist anymore but like thanks i'm glad someone liked it even though even though our bosses fired us for it kind of <laughs> yeah. like it was like there was some bit, definite bitterness yeah there. i could see that and um understandable and uh it was like and so like you know i don't rockstar san diego isn't a thing and at least yeah. not the people that made that game. I, I don't. I don't know who's making that. If it's like Rockstar, but if it's Rockstar North, and maybe they made that instead of GTA Six, and now they're starting on GTA Six, and that would be about the right amount of time between now and then. It would, because Rockstar. What it was like GTA Four came out in two thousand eight, and uh, like April two thousand. Yeah, I think that's right. And then we had the two DLCs, and then f- four years after the DLCs, we got five. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, we should be ready for another one like yeah, now. Yeah, but instead we're getting Red Dead Redemption 2. And if right. Rockstar North made that, then that maybe that's the, di- that's the difference. Huh. Interesting. Uh, 2022 seems insane, regardless of what happened. I mean, first of all, Rockstar is gigantic. 2022 is not a real year. That's, <laughs> Does that that's like some Jetsons <laughs> thing. It really is. It really who, seems Who can that play way. GTA 6 when we're busy with our flying cars and yeah. robot maids? And to me, regardless of how much money they're making off of GTA Online, they're going to make that same money off of GTA Online with GTA 6. It's right. not like GTA Online is going to go away 
when GTA 6 launches. It's just going to continue with mm-hmm. content from GTA 6. Well, presumably there's also going to be some some equivalent in Red Dead. Right. So yeah. Red Dead Online Red Dead will on probably gonna have happen. a very similar situation. Yeah. Surprised we know so little about Red Dead 2. <laughs> Yeah. They were, what, about will, six months away from release? I will say this, though. Uh, I was talking to, um, uh, I was at a car dealership and uh, buying a car because uh, my girlfriend needed a new car. And uh, the guy who helped us was this younger uh, Russian guy. And he, uh, from, he's from Russia, but you never, I mean, he's you know, been here for years right. and years. But he's a giant gamer, loves games. Figured, like, realized that my shirt had gaming stuff and started talking right. about gaming stuff, gaming stuff, gaming stuff. Like, just like you could tell, like, this is what he does. Like, he's, did he give you a good deal? Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> he took care of us. But he was like, this, 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 this. He knew, you know, he knew uh, G four and all that stuff. And like we talked about, and at some point, he's like, I have never talked like this to a customer ever <laughs> in my life about this stuff. Like, never. And he's like, oh, I can't wait for the campaign. Like Red Dead Redemption two, I can't wait for that. And like his big thing, he plays PUBG. He loves PUBG, uh, PUBG, PUBG, and he doesn't like Fortnite, Fortnite so much because it's too cartoony for right. him. And I and, he's, and he mentioned Red Dead Redemption two, and I said, I mean, oh yeah, Red Dead. He's like, I don't know anything about it. like they have it's like just that like the one. thing. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, they're gonna have a battle royale mode like PUBG in it. He's like, and he looked, you could see like <laughs> like you could his see brain. in his eyes. He's like, his life just changed. He's like, oh my god, like what? Oh my god, and, I, and I'm like, yeah, there's a battle royale. They just announced this that's gonna be in it. He's that like, great. He's like, oh my god, I need to plan. Like. <laughs> Like he, like basically, he was like he, he just something turned over in his brain. He's like, this all just became so much bigger than yeah. he thought it was going to be. Already, he thought it was going to be big. It's like, great. So I think like the like that being in there is going to be a big deal. Like you could see this man's soul change. <laughs> that this this mode he loves is going to be in this other game he can't wait to play. Well, and now they're all coming. Wait until you tell him it's going to be in pretty much every game yeah, going forward. I told, I told him I'm like, look for it in everything. It's going to be. He's like anything. Battlefield. Any, I, it'll be in everything. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like. I, th- I think they might have a hit on their hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, a, in a way <laughs> that so. we're not maybe even totally prepared for, even knowing what Rockstar is. Yeah, yeah. And wait till uh, they put that Battle Royale thing in GTA 6. 2022 just seems way too far off to me, and that's what makes me suspicious of all the other information that came from... And also, like, if you're that far out, anything can change, even yeah. if this is accurate. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like you could just completely change the setting yeah, in that you amount. Change it, you'd start completely <laughs> over. Because there were rumors about uh, GTA Tokyo and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been other rumors I have before a this. Very, I mean, that would make kind of I have a very hard time believing GTA would ever leave America. Yeah, me either. Uh, it's because too it's much about, about the whole yeah. series is a satire of America. Right. It's too much about that. Yeah, and, like the the um, being able to go to South America from Miami is would make sense because uh, there's so much there. Drugs. Well, drug, and also because like so many a ton of Central American governments are only what they are because America, you know, the United States, decided to prop the Banana Republic. No, you're right. right. Yeah. Like it's it's we have interfered in you know domestic policy and yep. and self government in countries all up and down the continent. Yep. And a lot of like what we blame as immigration problems or like you know external th- ex- you know, they come from situations we have created with our own foreign policy. Yeah. And that is exactly. Right. Rockstar likes to take shots. Oh yeah, at, yeah, and and satirize in the name of trying to say, pointing out how ridiculous it is. Uh, and if I could totally see them doing that to like kind of step up their commentary to the next level, because to be honest, I thought GTA Five was a little stale in that regard. Yeah, it was. Um, they played it a little safe. They did. They absolutely. Yeah. Did. Um, and I would like to see them kind of tackle something a little more ambitious, and that would definitely be more ambitious. Well, I mean, there's plenty of fodder right oh, now yeah. in America for well, that, Rockstar. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, maybe they, Rockstar just scrapped everything. I think that's completely possible. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Look, man, if you're if you're making, let's say they were working on GTA 6 simultaneously with Red Dead, right? And at a certain point, Trump wins the election, and you're like, uh, we have to completely start over. How do you yeah. satirize that at that point? <laughs> at that point, you have to completely redo uh, everything because anything you came up with that was that ridiculous is not really that anymore. ridiculous anymore. Yeah, like, and you know, it's. If your if your business is satirizing the American dream and the American point, you of had view, to start over. You, you everything changed in November yeah. 2016. It really so did. Like they 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 had to kind of do another thing, and it's going to be real interesting. Also, because I always think it's interesting to see what outside American points of view are. And while the Housers in New York do deal, you know, the, the games are made in uh, the UK. Yeah. Or is it Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. That's where it is. And um, so somewhere now, you sometimes you get like that kind of like more. UK perspective on things, and a couple, oh, yeah. especially earlier on in the series, you'd see, you know, GTA Three in particular, the radio yeah. stuff. You could tell had a had a, had an angle on things that you would only get outside of, like looking from the outside in, which is is one of the reasons that made it funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're working because that's the thing about Red Dead Redemption is like it doesn't tell us a whole lot about how that's going to play. No, it would tell us nothing, pretty much. Because there, yeah. there is satire in, in Red Dead Redemption, and there is, you know, Red Dead Redemption 1 definitely had that, that element that to it. That edge, But yeah. it had it more in the kind of the way The Witcher has Geralt be sort of sick of dealing with stupid people. Right, like, right. It's kind of like, the, you know, I'm just trying to do my job sort of thing, and like Red Dead Redemption had, uh, you know, John Marston was interesting in that he was a very moral person in one particular way. Right. And, every and everything way, else, he just ran out the window. Out the window. <laughs> but he wouldn't cheat on his wife. Right. That was the only thing. Yeah, yeah. He would not, which, is, which is interesting. That's an interesting character. Yeah, uh, for sure. As video games go, because usually it's just pure id. It you know? is, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I can see, the, the you know, if we're talking about 2022, I could see that happening just because reality got so weird, GTA had to get weirder. Yeah. And that necessitated... A bit of a going back to the drawing board. Also, would make me completely disagree with 2022. Yeah, I mean, by the by then, does the narrative even matter? Well, it's interesting. I uh, guess it depends on if. Well, it's what an interesting happens, question but... because, like, so much, a lot of GTA, you know, they've they've chosen different eras to say different things. Right. And like, you know, GTA Three was interesting in the sense that it took place when it came out, whereas then they instantly went to the '80s with Vice City. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The like, they could go back to San Andreas. Right. One yeah. of the inter- one of the things about GTA Four that I think worked against it was that it was like, all of a sudden modern day again. Right. Yeah. And I, I felt like they didn't have a lot to say about it. At the time, yeah, know, they didn't have GTA everything Ford, hadn't fallen into place yet. Yeah, and uh, uh, GTA Five worked because you were kind of in the middle of this like weird period. You know, GTA Five addressed sort of a, a middle-aged ennui that like just seems irrelevant now. It does. Like yeah. it, it, the idea that anyone could be, you know, although people keep buying it, sure, but like, the, <laughs> but but that's a different. Like the, the story and the content like focuses on kind of Michael's, you know, I'm successful and I did what I wanted to do, and now I hate. The fact that I have nothing else to do, and that kind of midlife crisis, sort of like doldrum thing, and the question of like recapturing. I think it also addressed entitlement a lot. Yeah, and also recapturing the craziness of youth in the form of Trevor versus like mentoring the next generation in the form of Fred. uh, 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 Frederick? Not Frederick. 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 Who's the the other guy? Oh, in uh, GTA 5? Being with F. Franklin. 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 Yeah, yeah. like kind of like the, the the generational gap there was interesting, but like the idea that that would be your focus on that game now is crazy. Yeah, yeah, like would it's, not. It's the most mundane possible material. I mean, even then it was a little folded in yeah. for the G- GTA series. But the thing that's great but, about GTA is that it's they're such big games that they 
They do always have kind of a central theme, but they go way out onto the yeah, fringes. Yeah, I'm just hoping that... And, and depending on how much you play it is how much you get exposed to those fringes. Yeah, I'm just hoping that uh, Rockstar decides this time around to punch up a little more. Yeah, uh, I'd there's, agree. There's always been a little bit of, like, you know, like, we probably don't need another bar full of, like, transgender stereotypes to drive by and laugh at because they look funny. Right, like, that's, yeah. Like, I've always found that a little weird and distasteful. They're like, we just make fun of everyone. Well, that's not a strategy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like not well, I think if you go as far as Rockstar does, you kind of do have to be an equal opportunity offender. Yeah, but there's smarter ways to tackle that than be like, ha ha, that woman looks like a man. Yeah, yeah. That, like, I mean, those were, that was low-hanging fruit, right. which Rockstar usually doesn't use too much. Which is, and also, that, that thing always stuck, that always stuck out to me because it was a thing, you know, you never really go to that bar in, right, in the right. story. It's not part of anything. It was just there because they thought that was It was a funny. gag. Yeah. They thought it was funny to make fun of those people. Yeah, yeah. And I don't find that very tasteful. There are um, certainly more clever ways right. to do and that. I'm not going to say that, like, ha ha, you can't do anything because I'm going to shut down you in the name of right. my idea of comedy. But it's like, have a reason for your yeah. social satire. And, like, does the trans community really need to be, like, kicked, you know, poked that way? Yeah. Like, what, what are you trying to do? Like, there always has to be a... I mean, a, I think a, a lot of people would argue that most, a lot of the communities that Rockstar pokes fun at don't necessarily deserve no, it. They're just, like, it's just, it's just they're, the way it is. Different and it's easy. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to come. But it's like that's how South Park works. It is. Like, yeah. and Rockstar could maybe aspire to be a little better than that. Although South Park to me has gone down the crap. That's what I mean. Yeah. Is like like they South Park plays the everyone's an idiot both sides thing so hard that comedy needs a point of view. Yeah. And without that point of view, it lacks some bite. Yeah, it's just kind of scattershot. Yeah, and Rockstar, I think, has started to fell victim to that a little bit in GTA V in terms of the satire. I think in terms of gameplay, it was still well, fantastic. Well, apparently, Matt, they have nine years to get it right. Yeah, I got a long time to, <laughs> to fine-tune. So, All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another game that was announced God, this week. the subway in L.A. will be done before that. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, this game was actually announced officially, The Division 2 was announced by Ubisoft, and I will commend Ubisoft for this, because retailer leaks 99.9% right. They're almost always right. If a game is leaked to a retailer, it's almost always legit. Yeah, like retailers don't just make up things and put them in their system. It makes like no this. sense whatsoever. Yeah. And so Ubisoft acknowledged this, and after the retailer leak happened, Ubisoft said, yep, Division 2 is in development. In fact, we're going to blow it out at E3 this year. Um, they didn't say when it's coming out, but I think the retail listing said, like, end of this year or whatever, which is pretty crazy. Um, Matt, what would you like to see in The Division 2? Mm. <laughs> you didn't stick with it that long. You stuck with it longer than I did, though. I finished it. Like, I finished the main, the base game. Oh, I did, too. I mean, I went and played uh, and the I played game. a little bit. But of, I didn't I stick around for the Dark Zone stuff. I played some Dark Zones. I played probably, like, 100 hours. Not as, much as I, not as much as I played a Destiny 1, but I played it for a while. I enjoyed it. I liked how it felt. Um, I just felt like at a certain point, there's only so much snow-covered gray I can look at. I did I like the felt... winter setting, though. I liked it, but it was just it was very repetitive, and I was hoping for DLC and expansion stuff. That was in the summertime to, or to something? To go beyond or to, like... It to, never to take, changed. Or to kind of work your way up through Central Park. Like Central Park seemed like a really interesting change right. of venue or something. Well, yeah. But instead, they just put us in the sewers. Yeah. What? Like, come on. Well, whatever happened... Wasn't there the was whole just... idea of the game taking back Manhattan? Yeah. Like, that, but, it yeah. just went away. It just never happened. Like, I was like... if you Because <laughs> like, it looked like the, the goal would be kind of like, as you updated, you'd sort of work your way up 
up Manhattan. Right, and you clear portions clear different of, things. Like of eventually the boroughs. You'd be, in like, you'd be in like the fancy districts yeah, and like you've yeah. got to be fighting your way. You know, the, the, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder if like the big finale will be like fighting your way through Harlem. Right. And like whatever. like That never happened. You know, that could be some really interesting, because you don't think that like the different neighborhoods of Manhattan are very different environments for a firefighter. Yeah, yeah. Not to, not, to, not to reduce a city to a, a gun battle, but right. like. Well, like it that's is basically a, what this it is, is a shooter, right? yeah. and like it just felt like there was just tons of wasted opportunity, and like you run into the problem. Like one of the one of the things in you know kind of end game stuff in MMOs or like you know very online driven games is like you want to get the cool stuff and you want to get the fancy stuff, and like there isn't really anything. It's like everything's just sort of tactical gear, and like Ghost yeah. Recon Wildlands has that problem too, where like there's not a lot of stuff that like you can put on your character that makes that says to everyone else like, look how much cool shit I have because I've been playing this game way too much. Yeah, you know? Call of Duty's like that too. I mean, yeah. most shooters are that way. And it's just like, it, it just like, it was a lot of good ideas, but I just sort of, it just felt done. So I think the biggest change that needs to be made is kind of delivering on the promise from the first game, which is that geographic progression. And look, I doubt that they're going to set it in New York again. And maybe it's L.A. this time. Mm. I don't know how that falls in with the continuity of the story from it's the first game. It's hard to say. Like, I, I mean, I guess I could see them as just sort of continuing to crawl up Manhattan. But I, I, that's, that would be really disappointing to me. Yeah. Because that is the thing I missed. I didn't feel like I was progressing through anything. Like as Maybe through the game I did, but it was maybe because of the marketing for the game that before it came out, that the idea of, okay, I've done this in the base campaign. The mm-hmm. DLC, I'm eventually going to fight my way through the rest of the five boroughs until I sweep and clean New York. Never happened. Yeah. Um, and so I would like to see something like that, where you feel like you're actually making... Because pro- fool me once, shame on you. Right. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to get fooled again into thinking as I play the game... Oh, something bigger is coming in DLC. I'm not going to believe that. I so, definitely like to see something more on the scale of what Wildlands did. Yeah, uh, it, both in terms of size and in terms of like variety of location and yeah. environment. Like, maybe it doesn't all have to take place in a city. Yeah, maybe there can be some surrounding areas. That kind of agreed. Thing. I think the weather needs to progress in the game. Yeah. Like, I love the winter setting of the division. For the base game. But as the DLC starts wearing on, it's like the seasons never change. It's like it just stays yeah. stuck well, in that. But also, like, the, the weather was an interesting sort of visual wrinkle, when it first, but it never, it didn't matter. No. Like, it, it didn't have any impact on anything. It didn't. Um, and then the other thing I would say, and this isn't just a criticism of the first division, it's a criticism of all persistent games, is just a greater variety of everything. More enemy variety. Death, certainly more... Voice samples for the enemies, <laughs> hearing them say the same crap over and over again, and I felt like after I got to like the, the twenty or thirty hour mark of that game, I was just doing it. Just was grind. Mm-hmm. I just was doing killing the same enemies over and over, same missions. The dark zone mixed it up. I did not like the design of the dark zone where you had to all meet at the at the chopper and like it was just a, it was just like the ATM <laughs> machines at first in GTA Five. You're just mm-hmm. a sitting duck waiting there while other people could just camp it. And so I didn't get into it. Like, I played the Dark Zone for a little bit, like, for the purposes of review and evaluation, but I never went back to it because I got burned a couple times. I'm just like, I'm not going to waste my time playing through this where you can just, you can also just get killed randomly. I like the Dark Zone. As some guy. We had a good team, and we would go in, and we usually we outnumbered the people who were trying to be jerks. And so, like, we'd throw, and then, like, you'd get people who also didn't want to be jerks. Like, over, over a couple times when we had, like, seven or eight people, like, you know, on the on the copter spot, and like you'd have like a couple guys trying to grief, and like everybody was just you know they had no chance. <laughs> Alone, they, 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 and it certainly provides you could, only put, you could only put I think four bags 
on the chopper. Right. So you, you, and it was nice because like you, you'd kind of come up with like, you know, what, so like two of us would put our bags on, two of the other people would put their bags on, so we all had a reason to stay and like. It was good stuff, but the problem. I think your mileage may vary. Some people have great experiences. Sometimes you have. Well, the problem for me was that like the 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 loot you get is just not interesting enough. I mean, at a certain point, you're basically just grinding for a gun that's like you know five or six more than what you already have. Right. Specific. It's it's like, and that's not interesting to me. Like, there's no uh, you know I'm not looking for you know at least like in some you know I think that's the downside of sort of the the modern military. Uh, setting with this is like at least like with something like a fantasy setting like the the sword I'm looking for is like on fire and shoots lightning right whereas this is like that's a slightly it just does more damage gun. yeah you know, it's, like, it's it's yeah it's not an interesting like treadmill to be on and there's no way for them to avoid that unless they just completely just right rework the whole franchise for the second game and make it sci-fi or fantasy right. but, the, or the, but the trick there becomes the loot can't be the only incentive. You have to make what right. I'm doing fun. I think and the problem is for a lot of people, the loot is good enough. This seems to be true. To yeah. Me. But I think a lot of people seem to... It's like of, sw- I feel like I'm swimming upstream against those people, people. A lot of people drifted from, from that game, yeah. I think, once, once things were... You know, they kind of complete. So like the Destiny 1 thing, where it's like, well, I did all this stuff... And now the only thing I can do is like just grind for incremental improvements. Yeah. And some people do that, and some people don't. Like, and I'm just not one of the people that can do that. I, I petered out on Destiny Two that that way. It's like once you've just got me sort of chasing slightly higher numbers, like I don't have any reason to be here anymore. I will say one thing about Ubisoft with the division is it did support it. I mean, yeah, like there's no denying. I mean, there's a big patch. Maybe it just came out or it's coming out like next mm-hmm. week. I mean, gigantic patch. I gotta, I'm very impressed by Ubisoft's dedication to the support of the division and the crew. The cr- not like, even just the crew. Siege. Look at what I've done with yeah. Rainbow Six Siege. It went from a game that's Metacritic average was like seven or something like that. Now it's one of the biggest games in the industry. Look at For Honor. Yeah. For Honor's still huge. Still going. Yeah. So Ubisoft has kind of found that secret sauce. Maybe I'm crazy for criticizing them with the way they handled the division one. I've I'm just speaking personally that it didn't I do didn't feel like there's room, there's room to, to differentiate The Division further from Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it fe- like th- those two games feel similar enough that I feel like one of them should like break in one direction or the other. Yep, and we got Far Cry 5 coming up here yeah. pretty soon, too, uh, which seems like it's going to stay primarily single-player Yeah, it seems like focused. Far Cry. Yeah. It's Far Cry. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to turn into... A loot grinder, so to speak. Make, make Far Cry great again. Yeah. yeah <laughs> All right, let's move on to our last topic of episode 120. Biggest rumor of the week, hands down. PlayStation 5 dev kits sent to developers. It seems early. It, well, also, not only is it did it just happen, they got them at the beginning of the year. So they've had them for a couple months now. And so we were talking earlier about the Switch, and you're saying how... Nintendo and Sony are competitors. But I'm wondering. So it, this week, it was also announced that the Switch, in its first year, has outsold, like, the PlayStation 5 or 4's first year, like, by three times. Like, it's tripled the sales of PlayStation 4's first year in Japan. The Switch did. In Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Switch is, Switch is a big Japan hit. That's true. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that has bumped up the timeline for Sony in conjunction with what appears to be really lukewarm sales for PS4 Pro. Well, I would think that the uh, solution to that would not be to let's sell everybody a more expensive system uh, immediately. 
Uh, I don't feel like I feel like that's kind of running the opposite direction from the Switch. I don't think I don't think Sony's making their decisions based on anything Nintendo's doing. I think Sony's just following their timeline, and they're probably more concerned about being overpowered by the Xbox One X if that ever gets any traction. Um, I mean, Nintendo's starting to eat Sony's lunch in Japan, and have we said on the show many times, like, don't underestimate a Japanese company's concern with how well their products are doing in Japan. Right. Even though it may but, seem insignificant. On the grand scheme of things, there's, well, but the other there's thing, a lot of honor in your product doing well with your people. Right, but you're also still assuming that they see the Switch as their competitor, which I don't think they do, because they're just competing for completely different audiences. Like, if you want the Switch, you don't want the PlayStation 4. Like, there's, like unless, unless the PS5 is a handheld, like, that's not a competitor. Like, they're... Because... They, because if you want the PlayStation, you want you know power and you want performance and you want 4K stuff and you want media and you want to be able to, and if you want the Switch, you want to play Nintendo games. Yeah, like those are two different things. Like Sony can't compete if they are competing with that. If this is a reaction to that, Sony is crazy because that's not how you win that fight. You can't win that fight because you're after two different things. And Sony has already proven they can't compete with Nintendo in the handheld department twice. So I can't imagine that this is any kind of reaction to that. It's just. They're moving forward as they're moving forward, and clearly Xbox has shown that, like, okay, we'll play this incremental hardware upgrade game with you, uh, with the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. So now I guess PlayStation 5 is the obvious next step, if we even call it the PlayStation 5. Right. I, I think they will call it that. But So if you look at history, dev kits going out at the beginning of this year generally means the console launches the end of the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's realistic? I mean, it's possible. I mean, here's the thing. Is like, PS4 yeah, Pro would then be on the market for two and a half years. Yeah, it was an interim. It was always an interim thing. Uh, the the other thing is like, you know, then the PS4 Pro, much like the Xbox One S, becomes the new normal right. for the PS4. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it kind of makes... Like, also, there's like the, the dev kit thing. is like, look, it looks like going forward, the uh, the upgrades to these systems are basically going to be the same architecture but more powerful. Like, yeah. they're basically just oh, going yeah. to be PCs, but without... They're going to be backwards you know, compatible yeah. in perpetuity, I believe. Yeah, I think that's that's true. And so, like, it, it's not like the old days when, like, they had to develop the cell processor or Nintendo had to decide which things go in which thing. You know, where, they even had everything was like custom some, chips, like the yeah, Dolphin chip. Yeah, where like, everything was, like, some kind of crazy custom NVIDIA or, or, or ATI, ATI thing, yeah. like... And you know, and Dreamcast ran on some custom version Windows of Windows CE, CE and all this. You know, it was like, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. um, it was a different time. And now these things are basically just PCs with a corporate branding yeah. on them, and it makes it a lot easier to sort of keep the train rolling. So uh, it makes sense. Um, the question be- for me becomes, what do you do with this system that justifies putting an, a one higher number on it? I know. Yeah. What and I assume that has to be some kind of feature thing more than a power thing. You because, would think, yeah, like it has to do something else. But Sony's hardware generally isn't known for doing something. No, I mean it's usually at least well the last couple of gens has been powerful, mm-hmm. uh, more powerful. Some would argue PS3 is more powerful than Xbox 360. I um, wouldn't. I don't know. I think that's debatable. I think it was harder every to create single games game. For. Every single multi-platform game. Runs worse on PS3. No, you're absolutely Burnout right. Paradise. Sony's own people got some really impressive stuff. I mean, right? Because like, like, it's like when you look at the difference between like Uncharted 2 and everything multi-platform on it, 
It's like, how in the world can Call of Duty not run well on this thing compared to the 360 version, but you can get Uncharted 2 out of it? Because like, it, it was the more powerful system. It was just more difficult to develop yeah. for. And third and parties weren't interested in learning how to write to the metal on the cell process. Yeah, because it wasn't in their interest. It, it wasn't worth matter. their time to do it, absolutely. But I still think, ultimately, it probably was the more powerful console, as far as what in you theory, could... If you spent a lot of time on it, what you could get but out of it. But on paper, doesn't matter it, it, the realities of retail. I'm like, you know, it was like the thing where they... The original idea for the whole thing was a cell processor just did everything. Yeah. Cell pro like, right. If you wanted it to do the whatever, emotion engine. you just made it work. No, that was PS2. Right. Yeah. But it was like it was the like same thing. We're like, oh, well, we, there's seven cell processors that just does everything. Yeah. And they took it to the developers, and the developers were like, we are not writing our own graphics rendering engine every time we want to make a game on your damn system. Yeah. So they, that's why there's this GPU in there and there's a sound processor in there because we were basically they were tacked on because the developers like we ain't doing that that that's, that's completely inefficient to answer your question of why how do they rationalize putting the five on there or the, the extra number I think they rationalize it from a business perspective uh, the last episode of Geif I essentially contend in that episode that the mid-cycle hardware upgrades have been a complete failure mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at Xbox One X you look at PlayStation 4 Pro if you, they have not released the exact sales numbers for PlayStation 4 Pro, but if you look at their data, they did say that one out of every five consoles they sell is a PlayStation 4 Pro. So all you have to do is take the data of how many consoles they've sold since the PS4 Pro launched, and you end up getting around five or six million PlayStation 4 Pros have sold. Mm -hmm. Now the question becomes, does that surprise them at all? Right. What were their expectations? Because yeah, Microsoft I, I, seemed to indicate that they consider the Xbox One X to be a boutique system that's only going to sell to a certain demographic yeah, of Sony has never really come out and Sony said... Seem that Sony has never really... So, I mean, in general, Sony doesn't seem to say much about their expectations of things. At least not since that time they said they expect you to get a second job to afford a PlayStation right. 3. <laughs> right. I think the, the number is a dog whistle. It's mm -hmm. the... The thing, that, that subconscious thing that people hear that they're like, yeah. oh, it's time. This is time. the new one. Right. Yeah, even if it is just a shade more powerful than PlayStation 4 Pro, they could even conceivably just create a new form factor for PS4 Pro, put a 5 on it, and it would sell yeah. way better than PS4 now, I Pro. Mean, I think we are going, we have to be looking at something that's more powerful than the X. Oh, absolutely. I was just using um, that as an anecdotal yeah. story. But. but I would, you know, the thing that, make, that differentiates, I'm not sure what you make that. Like, it's so hard to... PlayStation VR 2. Or, I don't know. I don't know. That's why they make all the money, because it's their job to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Yeah. If you would want to put a percentage on PlayStation 5 coming out at the end of next year, what, what do you think it would be? Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it like a 50-50. Um, it does fit nicely with my whole play, uh, Last of Us 2 will be a PlayStation 5 launch time. It does. It does. Yeah. But I thought that was going to be like we released right. it first on PlayStation <laughs> right. 4 and then a 5. Well, then I think they will player. put out a PS4, a lot like Breath of the Wild. Right. It'll be like one of those deals where they put it out for the old system and for the new one. Well, I, but I, again, the way the systems scale now. Right. I, I would argue that that would all be the same disc. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, it's just it's just, it's just this, a PC. You're, you're literally just turning the settings It's just up. a freaking PC yeah. now. That's all it is. Um, I would actually, I would probably put the percentage a little higher than 50%. I'd probably put it around 65 or 70%. I mean, if you look at the timing of it, seven years it'll have been by then. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe that's why Days Gone got delayed. It's possible. They can't run it. 
Maybe. Yeah, it has to be a PS5. You can't, they can't fit all the zombie tech. <laughs> it's possible. On, on this underpowered pro. I would put it a little higher. I would also, my, my, I think I'm a little different than you. I do think that Sony views Nintendo as competition because I think that they look at the people who are buying the products as the same people, the same consumers. And I think Sony looks at an audience not necessarily as what games do they play, what games do they like. I think they look at it like what segment are they buying products from. Sony has a broader view of the consumer because it makes more than just video game consoles. Yeah, but I don't. Th- I think those the other things they sell are co- so compartmentalized away from the. I mean, those might as well all be different companies, and they all hate each other. Yeah. So, uh, and Sony's been looking to, for a way to get rid of their TV division for yeah. almost ten years now. Yeah. Um, I don't think. I think, um, like you say, a good chunk of the Switch audience are people that only play Nintendo systems. And I think the the rest of that audience have other consoles already. And I just I don't see I don't see any upside to pursuing the Nintendo only people. And I think you've already got the people that use the Switch as a secondary system because most of those people use PS4 as their primary system. Yeah. Um, I just don't. If you want to play like the, like video games and not just Nintendo games, you've got a PlayStation Four. Like, I just think that uh, if you're just talking about video games, the big story is the Nintendo Switch. Right. And right now, the Switch is kind of on the verge of becoming like a phenomenon. It's like right there teetering. And uh, I absolutely think that the success of Switch at least had a little bit to do with uh, Sony sending out those dev kits and maybe bumping up the release date for PS5 because they're about to lose the narrative here. They're so about... But I also feel like they don't have a lot else on the docket, and like maybe this is just how they intend to kind of take the conversation back, not just from the Switch, but from Microsoft. Like, because also you you can't remember, forget that while we don't haven't seen a lot of motion, it looks like Microsoft is starting to realize they need to get their act together. Yeah, and <laughs> that's the wild. Well, Microsoft and the is a wild time, card. Absolutely. Right, and the last time Microsoft got their act together, they dominated an entire generation that Sony thought that they got to dictate. Absolutely. Remember, remember yeah. at the beginning of the 360 PS3 generation, they said eight. The, you know, the new generation starts when we when say, we it, say does. it does. Yeah. That was literally a slide in their E3 presentation. I mean, Ken Kutaragi, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had quite the ego. Yeah, we me- well, and you remember when they when the PSP came out, and uh, they they they'd had to kind of cram the board for the buttons on the face yeah, of it yeah. to one side. I to forgot fit the about screen. that. Yeah, and the ja- the Jap- the American <laughs> release, but the Japanese release happened first, and there was yeah. a problem where some of them, like when you press the the square button, it was missing the board and it wasn't registering, and people were complaining. And they did a press conference, and Ken Kuragi got up and held the PSP up and said, "I believe we have made the most beautiful thing in the world. Please do not <laughs> criticize it." Which at that point, you realize you're dealing with a crazy person. And then very shortly thereafter, he was ushered on right. out the door. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's was like, it. like I mean, Sony's been in the been absolutely on the crazy train to self destruction before when it comes it has, to yeah. underestimating the competition, especially the competition from Microsoft. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to make that mistake again. Maybe ignoring Nintendo as co- real competition is going to bite them in the ass, and the entire industry is going to shift over to underpowered games and a handheld platform that we already own on a PC for $40 more, but I don't think it will. I think it's going to remain the thing I own to play Nintendo games versus the thing I own to play video games is what comes from Sony or Microsoft. Probably Sony. Yeah. Um, I admit I've been playing more stuff on the Xbox One X recently because you know, it runs well. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I really don't care which one I play on at this point. Like I don't if, care ever. It's like if I play, if just I give play, me the best experience, I'll play it. I don't if care the, if it's if called the, the Matt console. If the freaking <laughs> Switch ran everything better, I get it on that too. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't care. I don't care who made it. I just want the best experience. Absolutely. And usually that's PC. Yeah, you're right. Honest. I've been playing a lot more but, PC games lately. This, I mean, it's been dry on consoles this year. I've been spending a lot more time on my PC. In fact, I played my PC more in the first few months of this year than I played. All year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm right there with you. And I don't give a crap what brand name is on a piece of hardware. If it's a good piece of hardware that has great games on it, I'm freaking there. And that I think that does put us in the minority a little bit right. in well, our circle gonna, of Well, also people aren't going to spend that kind of money yeah. for this. You know, the, the video games basically have to be a life priority for you to spend the kind of money and time that we do. Well, I have these things. I need a good rig to do all the other stuff I do mm-hmm. for Sifted, so it's easier for me, and I can write all that stuff off on my right. taxes and blah blah blah. So it makes it much easier to to kind of partake taking that stuff. But, um, but the next year, if I was a person that was like spending a limited amount of money on video games, and I needed to pick something to play a bunch of stuff on, and I didn't want to spend the money to build, you know, a, a high powered PC, I would be generally picking the PlayStation yeah. because oh, it absolutely. has the best yeah. first-party Absolutely. Lineup. And not even just that. I mean, all the third-party stuff runs great on it. And Generally, the indie stuff, PC first almost always. First port, always PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, so, unless Microsoft jumps in and gives some cash to the indie developer to give them yeah. a window. I mean, Microsoft can do it. I just, you know, you after the last four or five years, you kind of got to sit there and be like, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think we're going to see a true change at Microsoft for at least two years. No. I because think, it, it I, took Microsoft my, way too long to figure out it had a first party That was problem. in my New Year's prediction, I think, when, when we did that early in, early in January. It was like, you know, Microsoft may, may they know they got to do something, but you're not going to see it. You know, these corporate behemoths move slowly. Like yep. you, you, the, the changeover isn't overnight. Yep. So uh, it'll get there, but I think Sony's just trying to get out ahead of it. Yep. With the PlayStation 5. And maybe, you know, because I, I, 2019 to me is like the absolute earliest you can launch this thing. And launching early doesn't always help you. Um, but you never know. Like 360 launched a year before the others and it did real well. It did like, really you know, well. You, yeah. you, you know, the power isn't always the thing that wins the, the game. Power is hardly ever the thing that wins. No. Hardly ever. And if you're going to take one lesson from the Switch, it's got to be that. Yeah. Or the Wii. You got to, you got to, you know, being there first or being the only one who does a particular thing is far more important. Yep. The Wii, PlayStation Two, PlayStation One. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be argued. So the question becomes: Xbox like 360 we, was the weaker of the consoles too. Yeah, so, but it, it's the one that did online right. Yeah, absolutely. And the question becomes: What is the PlayStation Five going to do that the others can't do as well What's its or thing? at all? Yeah. What's it, what is the, what does Sony think the key is, and then are they right? Because yeah. Microsoft thought the key was the set-top box idea yeah. to, to filter all living room media through one box, to the almost to the exclusion of caring about how the games worked. Yeah, it, absolutely. You, and and that bit them in the ass. Yeah. So you know, and Sony has not always you know Sony's idea of the cell processor was not the greatest idea they've ever had either. So, yeah, I mean, this idea, this generation was basically VR, and that's kind of fallen on its face too. Yeah, I mean, it's doing all right, but it's like kind of one of those things where like they, it's that. Um, you know, it's that Microsoft, like, it's that Bill Gates uh, order that they got for the Xbox division back in the 90s, where it's like, we need to own this space. Yeah. Do it. Literally the space of, of someone's living yeah, room. Yeah. We, and, you know, do it. It was just yeah. do it. And, like, yeah. PlayStation VR feels like that. It's like, this is going to be important eventually. We need to be yeah. known as part of this world. Yeah. And we saw, you know, and uh, the Oculus thing this week was funny, too. <laughs> it went offline. Went offline. Every headset because, yeah. rendered worthless because of a certificate. Which, by the way... 
when they stop supporting that Oculus Rift, that's what's going to happen. Your your headset's going to be worthless. It's a piece of a junk. Point. Yeah, I mean, look, pe- people will homebrew it. And yeah, like, you'll do it. Figure it out. But, but it's like, who wants to deal with that crap, though? Man, most people I, don't. I am just. I am never sorry. I picked the Vive over <laughs> over the Rift. I just. It just never. Oh man. Even All right. though the Rift is a more comfortable headset to wear. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Time for our trailer of the week. Uh, fitting in with our earlier topic about gun violence and Donald Trump and all that kind of stuff. I our... almost thought you were going to say Donald Duck. No. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> I was like, like, where did we talk about Gun it? violence in Kingdom Hearts, right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what the show is about. And also the segue from VR is nice. Uh, the trailer of the week this week is for a game called The American Dream. Have you seen the trailer for this? Is this that one where like it's a world where everything is done with guns? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like people are like, like coring corn. With, like, <laughs> <laughs> so look, this this, this is not done for political reasons. This is just a really freaking funny, yeah, it's just funny. awesome trailer. Uh, it's called The American Dream. It comes out next week for PlayStation VR, Vive, and Rift. Let's roll it. Ah, uh, the home. The busy centerpiece of American life. It's where you'll find a diligent wife tending to her family's needs. Take a peek inside. You might find her preparing her husband's favorite meal. Caring for their beautiful child. Or even taking a little extra time to make sure everything's nice and clean. Meanwhile, the husband is hard at work providing for his family. Whether he spends his days as a blue-collar worker in a bagel factory, or as a young corporate manager on the rise, it's his job to bring home the bacon. On the weekends, husband does his part around the house as well. Managing finances. Tending to the garden. And then finally settling down for some well-earned R&R. A delicious home-cooked meal. Mm-hmm. The kind of family everyone should aspire to be. With the kind of home everyone should want to have. This is the American dream. The Perfect way of life. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Game Face episode 120 right here on Sifted Games at sifted.net. If you are consuming the show on iTunes or you're watching the archive somewhere else, please consider pledging to our Patreon at patreon.com sifted. That's how we have this space. That's how come Matt is here. Uh, that's what makes the wheels turn. Um, also, if you're somebody who's just been a basic subscriber to Sifted all this time, 
Um, it would be great if you could take the moment to uh, give us your $2.50 from Twitch Prime. It makes a big difference for us. Um, also, I want to apologize. I've been a little bit under the weather for like three or four days. Uh, so I'm sure my voice has been a little nasally today. I've been fighting through it. Uh, hopefully you can forgive me for that. Uh, Matt will not be here next week. No, probably have, not. Probably not. You have your procedure on Monday. Yes, Monday is minor surgery day. Yep. So, uh, we'll see how I come out of that. Yep, uh, so everybody wish Matt well. Um, I'm confident that he'll be just fine. He's in good hands. I'm very hard to kill yep. in general. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they're, keep, they're, good, they're good people doing this. So. Yeah, so keep him in your thoughts uh, throughout the next week as he recovers from his procedure and goes through that whole rigmarole. Uh, we will have a guest next week. I'm working on it right now. Uh, stay tuned to our Twitter for updates on that. And uh, uh, one way, I will, I will try to uh, jump in on chat. Chat. That'd be great. And let everybody know I'm still here. That would be awesome. <laughs> so best of luck to Matt through all his uh, procedures he's got going on this week. Thanks for watching. Game Face is up and out. <laughs> that one shot where she just takes a gun up to the corner. <laughs> and she shoots it. And it's just <laughs> it's so great. Oh, and then she's turning the cake batter with the gun and licks the gun. It's so great. Oh, man, that trailer. I literally laughed so hard yesterday when I saw that for the first time. All right, let's wrap up the show.